Blog Talk Radio. Kane is in the building. And good afternoon, everybody. Tuesday afternoon. It's 6 o'clock on the stopwatch, and we're going to start it right here on a beautiful summer sunny. I mean, it feels every bit of the fall weather here, but it is the spring, I guess you would say, here in Somerville. But it's been cool for about four or five days. The sun has been out. We've had beautiful weather. We've been spoiled through Mother's Day, which was great here on the show. Had a lot of uh, of course, um, moms getting a lot of love here on the air with us on Sunday as we were virtually on a campus tour with the Fort Dorchester Patriots, their principal, their athletic director. He's also their head football coach, their head baseball coach, and a baseball player all joined us right here on Southern Sports Central for our Spotlight 2020 senior athlete and, of course, our campus tour 2020 as well. Now, this coming Sunday looks like we'll be back out on the road. We're trying to get into, well, the Creek. That's Goose Creek High School. Uh, we'll get in with their principal, their athletic director, and maybe a few coaches and players along the way. Now, today, of course, we are going to take the bus and drive around a little bit. We'll stop. Uh, first stop is in Charlotte, North Carolina, where Reginald Walker Jr., the former Penn State Nittany Lion, who, of course, played for Joe Pa, is going to join us. He does a lot of things up in the Charlotte area for, of course, Gardner Webb. UNC Charlotte, multiple sports areas around the Charlotte area. Of course, he's a huge contributor to us here on Southern Sports Central. And then around 7 o'clock, we'll take the bus. We'll head over into South Carolina. We'll go over to Saluda High School, where we're going to check in with their head baseball coach, who's also the assistant athletic director. Their assistant baseball coach will finish up the hour between 7 and 8, but we'll have five different baseball players check in. Each one of these young men are seniors. They had to forego that senior season, so we're going to give them a chance to say hello to us. For one of these athletes, that's going to be Noah Bell. He is a state champion, by the way. He was a quarterback for the Saluda Tigers when they won that 2019 state championship just months ago. Of course, we'll have that conversation with him. He's going college uh, bound for sure, so we'll talk to Noah about where his uh, ups and downs and um, where everything's kind of heading for him. Now, without further ado, let me bring in the other half of Southern Sports Central, who does a lot of pushing and uh, clawing and scratching and tweeting all throughout the show. And without further ado, I bring you in the coach. And that, of course, is Mr. Eugene Benton. What's up, dude? Yeah, the other, the, the better half. <laughs> but uh, man, it's a beautiful day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is just a, you know, I'm, I'm not going to complain. I'm just, just going to say it could be a few degrees warmer. It's a little breezy over here, oh. but. I got a nice fire rolling on the outside pit, uh, outside the uh, studio and table set up here. But uh, I'm ready to get this thing rolling, man. It's been a challenging start of the week, but we're all in good spirits and we're ready to roll. No doubt about it. You kiss your mama with that mouth. Don't you speak that blasphemy on this air? I tell you, man, it's beautiful. We love it. We love it. I mean, <laughs> trust and believe. Years and years and years of everybody talking about the heat. You want the heat? It's coming. Trust and believe me. Mother Nature will not do without coming by the state of South Carolina and bringing us some of that warm September dog days of, uh, of summer. It's on the way, so enjoy this cooler breeze. And I'm not sure how long it's going to last. And, you know, I know everybody's kind of looking at this COVID-19 thing, right, because, you know, as we all know, they say, quote, 
are they, but somebody out there says that the heat will kill this stuff off. But whatever it is, you know, maybe this is God's way of trying to slowly get us out of the house and slowly getting us to kind of get back into the norm. I know the state of South Carolina is going to get the ball moving literally in the high schools. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, come June 1, they're allowed to start moving. Winter, or excuse me, fall sports will start to get moving in the right direction. Uh, if you're in the state of South Carolina, you're going to be able to go to the barbershop, to the hair salon, to the tanning salon, to get your tattoos updated and maybe made. Maybe you do a little COVID-19 tat on your back or something like that. I, I have no idea, but it will, of course, uh, give you an opportunity to move about the cabin just a little bit more freely. Now, that being said, guys, let's use common sense during this transition. It is a must that we have um, – it is a must that we get this thing, uh, you know, in the right area. Again, I don't – I don't blame you guys for wanting to move. I don't blame you guys for wanting to get back into it. And, I, you know, I had to listen to a couple of people today tell me, well, you know, Rich, it's not as bad as people think it is. And I'm thinking, man, are you kidding me? There are people out here dying over this thing. Yeah, it's not dramatically of billions and billions and billions, but why are we comparing it to somebody else's death? A death is a death, and, and there's young folks out here that are getting taken out. There's some older folks getting taken out. And, and, and COVID might not take out certain individuals, directly, but if they're indirectly unable to get assistance, maybe uh, a transplant or, or, or something medically, well, guess what? That affects them as well. And, of course, we know, you know, that, that we just lost a, a close coach here. And, and I actually, I found this clip, Eugene, and I'm going to share that with everybody later tonight. And, uh, of course, uh, Coach Nate was on the show. I think we were the last interview that he did before he uh, was called to the big house on Sunday. And, um, y- y- you know, I, I just um, – you know, our thoughts and prayers with, with, with so many people uh, dealing with anything that you're dealing with right now because, you know, while you may not be affected internally and it may not have affected you to certain degrees, if it mandates and it keeps you in a house arrest position because you can't leave your house in fear that you're going to catch something because your immune system is not strong enough, you know, that's a big deal. And uh, let's just keep that in mind as we're moving around town and we're starting to get things done and things are starting to happen. You know, we need to kind of let's do this thing. I know the state of South Carolina also on Monday opened the restaurants. It's a minimum amount that can get in. But, uh, you know, I believe bars are back up and, and running a bit. So, you know, it's good to see the new normal. And somebody today told me on the phone, said, man, that's going to get back to the normal days. And I hope it doesn't. I hope we don't go back to what we did. Because what we did I don't think was 100% on point neither. So, you know, we'll kind of get into that throughout some of the show today. I will say this. There's a lot of athletes that are working hard. I was at Hagen on Saturday. So a lot of Somerville kids working out over there, and I want to set my cap to them and say great job for socially distancing yourself but working together in a public situation so that you can get together. You can see the excitement, and they had to remind themselves because it's so easy for us not to see each other for a few months and want to get close and high-five and, and shake hands, but they did a good job. Now, Fort Dorchester guys, they've been doing it uh, as well over that area Monday through Friday and some Saturdays as well. Uh, you know, Mr. Otis over there, he's been getting his son and the other Fort Boys and a few other Ashley Ridge and, and Somerville kids work out during the week over there with them. And, and I think that's great. So if you're listening and you're in the area and you, you want to get a little workout, trust and believe me, head over to Gahagan in the afternoons on Monday through Friday and, and tell Otis that we sent you. And then if you're, of course, over in any other areas on the weekends, just head over there. There's a ton of kids working out, man. They're socially distanced. They're getting better, they're getting stronger, and, and they're getting out. And, and I'm going to tell you something. It speaks character when you can work out with somebody on another team to get better. You guys have the same goal. You have the same drive. You have the same ambition. doesn't mean you can't work out together. And it doesn't mean that come the last game of the year, the first game of the year, whenever you see that athlete, 
hey, listen, Eugene, you know, like I know, let's just say you're an Oceanside guy, and I'm over here playing for Somerville. We start working out somewhere at Gahagan. You know, when we play each other fourth game of the year, you know, and I, we're probably going to talk a little bit more trash because we've been working out and we got to know each other a little better, right? Yeah, I think that adds to it, you know, and, and we kind of brought that up when we were talking about the, the youth leagues there in, uh, you know, Dorchester and, and some of the Berkeley County schools and how, how it would be cool for those kids to have played somewhat together and somewhat against each other for all those years, you know, and they get to that final matchup in their senior year, you know, and they've, you know, either played together or against each other for seven years. And it's just kind of that same mentality. It's just a respect. You know, you respect someone's game. You know, you've seen what they've gone through. Because a lot of times you just see what your teammates go through. And, uh, you know, to see somebody on, on the other side and to know you've worked with them and to know that they've put all they could into a, into the game and into preparing themselves, is, you know, you have to imagine it's a, a mutual respect uh, going into and after that matchup. No doubt about it. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to try to stay on task today. It's not always easy, but, of course, coming up uh, here in the next few, we'll get in here with Reginald Walker, Jr. He is, of course, the former Penn State Nittany Lion. He always ends up the conversation with we are, and that is Penn State. Of course, they are poised to have their season up and running. I like Penn State. I'm a big fan of their coach they got up there, and I'd love to see them do some big things in the Big Ten. Uh, of course, he also does a lot of things contributing around the Southeast, so we're excited to have him in here with us as well. Now, we're also big-time supporters of the band, man. We love the band. So this one coming up from Bethune-Cookman. This is one of their big-timers. If you've ever heard Bethune-Cookman, this is an HBCU down there in Daytona Beach, Florida. And, uh, again, if you're an athlete, you're not checking out all of your opportunities. And I mean HBCUs to NAIA to whatever it is. You need to open the door, which gives you the opportunity to get it done. You cannot be recruited. You cannot be seen if you're not on the field. But I will tell you this. This is a team. This band, man, they get down. So we're going to go some Bethune-Cookman with you, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on Blog Talk Radio.
Hey, welcome back, everybody. Rich Yeltman alongside Eugene Benton. Man, I get pumped up every time I get, uh, you know, over there. Of course, I was on the campus not long ago over at uh, Bethune-Cookman, and uh, we're excited to announce we're going to be doing a lot more with this college over there in Daytona Beach, Florida. Uh, the football coach is going to be a part of the show. Your athletic department is going to play a major role. Even the band is going to have a chance to get in here and have some conversation because, believe me, uh, you know, that band is one of the best in the land, and if you've never been to a, a campus, an HBCU campus for a football game. Uh, fellas, ladies, gentlemen, you're missing out. Uh, Eugene, have you, have you been to a, an HBCU game and, and sat through halftime thinking, man, the halftime show was as good as a football game? I've been to uh, South Carolina State. I have uh, actually, no, um, back when I was at Carolina, I worked for uh, a, an older attorney in, in town, Herb Lauthian, and one of his clients was the uh, – president of uh benedict and so um hmm. this gentleman he was an older gentleman i'll tell you he used to get off the elevator and um and give us the old school fight song of benedict i'm not sure if you ever heard that one have you heard that song that uh the old fight it's fight cheer for benedict? <laughs> yeah. oh yeah yeah and this guy i'm guessing he was probably in his early 70s and he used to get off the elevator and my desk was right there it was an old building on blanding street in downtown columbia he used to jump off the elevator and he'd see me and just grin and just throw up his fist and uh, give out that cheer. And, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if it's um, appropriate for the radio, but <laughs> it was <Nah>. always, always <laughs> fun, man. <laughs> so, it is always so, fun. Yeah, but, I did you know, go- they, they've got a trombone section that is that's good. So so most of the time, you you know, you, you get – and, again, you, you have the drum sections, right, the drum line. You remember the movie Drum Line where these oh, yeah. drummers are, are just rocking it, man. They're killing it. And it's almost like a battle in the stands. You know, they point – then they point back. Then they point back. Well, there's actually one where it's this same college, Benedict College out there in Columbia, right outside Columbia, that they've got a trombone section that is as good as anybody's. I mean, it is very uh, – it's, it's crazy how, how the battle between the two go. And, and I wish high schools could get more into that. I know if you go to Wilson High School, <laughs> their band is really good. That's right outside Florence. Burke High School here in Charleston, Mr. McLeod, by the way, um, a big time. I mean, a big time. I think he's a, an alumni of FIU. Um, and no, excuse me. Um, what's the other school over there in Florida? Not FIU. I'm trying to think. FAMU. FAU. The he's an alumni fan. Well, no, he's a, he's a, a FAMU. If, uh, and, and he FAMU, yeah. is, uh, yeah, he's a, he, I think a rattler is what they are over there. But uh, they, that band at Burt, man, they, I love it. When these guys come down the line uh, during a, 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 a Christmas parade or any holiday opportunity, it's awesome. I know you guys y'all, – did y'all play Burke? I know y'all played over there at the, at the school, but didn't y'all play it against Burke this past year? Yeah, uh, Burke was actually in the same conference, so we played them uh, every year that we were in uh, 2A ball. And actually, uh, last year, uh, I met up with uh, the principal and uh, band director right before the season, and uh, our mm-hmm. football team put together a food drive. Uh, some things kind of fell through with the principal. Uh, you know, she got – something else on the line and couldn't do it. But what we had actually planned is uh, Burke was going to quote unquote donate their band for one of our home games last year. Um, as a thank you, uh, we were, you know, had some projects going on with them and um, you know, but some things were still in the pipeline because down the line from Burke high school is a, a drum line um, that he manages in his uh, group of kids from all over, you know, North Charleston and downtown and um, so they, they were still, or the plan is still that they were going to uh, have those guys come out and do some stuff for Oceanside. You know, Oceanside doesn't have a band. And so uh, that's kind of still in the works. 
Man, it's awesome. I'm telling you, if you've never heard Burke's band, they work as hard as any football, basketball, baseball team in the country. I've got some close uh, individuals to me that have been on that, that have been on that Burke band, and, and they travel, they work out, they go to uh, colleges, they make trips to New York, they go to Canada, uh, they raise all this money, and all the bands do. I know Somerville's band is, is one of the one of the great bands. Wando's band is always getting tons of awards here locally in the Low Country and. The hours that these young individuals put into the band, and again, we're going to get into some topics uh, outside of the band conversation, but because, you know, we featured uh, that, that intro there with uh, the Bethune-Cookman Wildcats, you know, and again, they actually have their own Netflix series. If you've never checked out Bethune-Cookman, go to their Netflix series, and it shows you how dedicated you got to be to be a part of this Bethune-Cookman band. It is the real deal. Um, harder than most football teams, trust me, and the coaches don't care. They have no care that you're, you're tired or you're hot or whatever it is in Daytona Beach. If you don't like it, go home. We'll find somebody else because they do have people waiting to step up into your position, just like in football. Uh, but, yeah, it, it'd be a lot of fun uh, to cover some of that stuff as well. Maybe we can go over to Atlanta for the Battle of the Bands this year and do something special. That would be kind of neat. Um, now, with that being said, Eugene, you and I, of course, we do a lot of different things with different high schools here locally, but we also take care of a lot of it around the state and around the country. But locally – they have opened the doors. It looks like June 1st is going to be the first wave of uh, athletics to where they can do some more things. That they're going to kind of open their arms and open the opportunity. Does this open the door for weightlifting on campus? I, I know that usually they have to attend school, but this is a different scenario because they're out on spring, on summer break. Uh, do you have anything on this? Yeah, so what, what we're told initially is June 1 is the day you can start quarter, uh, uh, conditioning. Now, uh, I don't know if that's specifically in the weight room. Uh, it looks like that date might be, I think, June 6th is a Saturday, so it must be like around June 8th, um, which would be the normal uh, first day of, of summer programs. Um, however, it looks like June 1 is the target date that you can start. It says strength and conditioning, so I'm assuming that would mean weights as well. And, you know, being that all schools are closed, normally during the summer, when weightlifting is allowed, you know, when football and, and I know, for example, I just know Oceanside, uh, you know, basketball and volleyball are in there uh, during the summer. So um, I, I'm guessing by the by the use of that strength and conditioning, that means that the weight room will be open. But, you know, again, um, as, as we're told, you know, when we see these things come down the pipeline, everything has a caveat. And that caveat is depending on the governor. So, you know, that's kind of the, <laughs> I, I guess what it is. But, you know, considering most things are opening back up, on the uh, next Monday for full bore, seems like it should be part of that plan. All right. Yeah, and if it's up to the state, to the state here in South Carolina's governor, he's ready. I mean, he's all but said full throttle. Let's get this thing going. Now he has changed his tune a couple of times throughout this epidemic and, and situation where he's kind of pulled back a little bit. But I do think he's ready. I know Folly Beach is opening their doors, literally their beaches uh, coming up next couple of days. So we'll be back to somewhat of new normal. Myrtle Beach is full-fledged right now. I've talked to a lot of people up on the Grand Strand, and there's some concerns, no doubt. There is some concerns because people are coming and staying in hotels. You don't know where they've been. You don't know what they're doing, but that's going to happen. I mean, we've got to somehow cross this dangerous uh, canal, if you will, of, of where we are and where we need to get to. And sometimes it, it's just one of those things. I just hope everybody uh, is safe. Now, some other news that kind of went through uh, the conversations that we're going to try to talk a little bit about um, – Throughout today's show, one of those will be, of course, with Reginald once he gets in here with us around 6:30. Will be the Pac-12. They're moving over the course of the all-conference regular season. You know, earlier they talked about 
the possibility is them not even starting their season until January. It looks like, knock on wood, that we are going to possibly season up and running on time. You know, Dabo said that actually a couple of months ago or a month ago, and he was basically taken to the woodshed. Now, hopeful thinking, speaking of your existence, whatever it is, I'm on board. However, we have to wait and see. Now, that being said, UNC's Mac Brown, I am that distance uh, upon return work. Now, what does it look like when these guys get back together? You know, Eugene, you just kind of talked a little bit about that. But, yes, usually these camps are happening in the summertime. Again, as of right now, in the state of South Carolina and throughout most of the schools in the country, these kids are still in school until around June. So, really, honestly, they're still in school right now. So the camps wouldn't start and things wouldn't start happening until mid-June into July. Seven on seven, camps to different colleges. Now, we're aware that the universities have all but canceled those camps. Now, that's not good news for a lot of these juniors who are hoping to go have an impact at these camps during the summer. Clemson Tiger, these guys have a lot of the kids that have been going there since they were in fourth grade. They were hoping to finally be that big man on campus to get that attention of that one recruiter that they needed to get. May not happen now. That is yet to be seen. However, when these guys do get back on campus, and that is the Division One and any other division of college football, it's going to look a little different. I think these coaches are going to have to kind of slowly, gradually work their way in, as you'll see that also at the high school level. Now, if by chance June 1st is that open date for our athletes to get back to the schools, to get back into the yards, I, like you, Eugene, I'm not sure you see them getting into the weight room right, right away. I also see stations being put in place, which you've seen that if you've been around town or any other town in different parks where social distancing has been part of that one station here, one station there, and another station over here. I believe, honestly, you'll see that when it comes to the weight room for a little while. So there's a little bit more, I would think, comfort that we've got control of the situation to where Eugene, and I'm going to let you chime in for a quick sec here, but where you don't see – 25 to 30 guys in the weight room, you see maybe 10 to 15 guys, and they're only going to work on legs for a few. Then they'll rotate outside, and the guys will kind of go into what they call a round-robin workout, Eugene. And that's kind of what I've been doing. Um, I train, for example, I have tomorrow morning to have five guys that I'm training. And, you know, I go out with the tape measure and the rolling wheel, and I measure and put, you know, the kicking tees, you know, at least six feet apart, things like that. Um, but I'll tell you, you know, some things additionally are starting to open back up. You and I talked about some of my travel plans for June, and that is uh, with, with the Coles kicking. And I know we had Coach Tony on here a couple of weeks ago, who's with the national group that, that we kick with and train with. Um, you know, we're, we're set for Columbus, Ohio on uh, June the 6th or 7th. And what they've done, what they've done is they've actually uh, opened it back up, but they've done like select numbers, like the top, you know, 20 or 30 kids who are ranked in each class, you know, can sign up and attend these things. Um, and so that way they can kind of manage it and kind of space guys out. Like you said, you know, while one, while one group is spaced out and doing punting, one group spaced out doing kickoff, one group spaced out and doing field goal. And then some may be watching film or something like that. You know, it sounds like that's what they're doing is they're, they're opening it back up, but doing it in smaller numbers, you know, so that they can be managed and, and kind of get guys, spaced out and still have, you know, room to work. But, yeah, so we'll be doing that. I know there's one that's going to be in Charleston, uh, one in Atlanta, and one at Charlotte, along with, uh, you know, the one I mentioned about in Columbus, Ohio. So, um, 
You know, it sounds like some of these things, some of these things in the summer are starting to open back up. But you know, just like what what I do, you know, it sounds like it's being they're being very careful and cautious, limiting it in numbers, and you know, doing what they can do to to space guys out. Yeah, no doubt about it, guys. If you'd like to chime in with us throughout today's show, we'd love to hear from you. you can give us a shout over here on the Tent Farm Hotlines at the number three two three. 784-9681. Again, the number to call in to talk about whatever's on your mind. Maybe it's recruiting. Maybe it's about what's going to happen in your opinion. Whatever's on your mind. You've been cooped up in a house. Whatever. We'd love to hear from you live on the air with us here until 9 o'clock. The number to call in is 323-784-9681. You can find us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. And, of course, you can find us over here on Twitter at SO Sports Central. Of course, uh, you can find me directly at Richie Altman. And, of course, Eugene, I'll let him give, give you a sec to give your handle, buddy. Yes, Coach E. Benton, um, and, and or at Coach E. Benton. But, you know, hey, one, one quick thing you did bring up, and I'm sure yeah. we're going to get to it with Reggie, is that California thing because, you know, if they don't start, and that seems to be what the governor's talking about with Newsom is saying is that, you know, three more months. You know, those those kids, and it's only for – I guess the L.A. County area. So that would be, you know, Pac-12 schools, uh, UCLA, and Southern Cal. You know, if those kids, say you're a kid from um, Alabama or Arkansas, and you sign with Southern Cal or UCLA, I'm just wondering sure. if uh, they can't get a waiver and get out of that, you know, in time with one of the SEC schools because uh, the SEC commissioner, Swanky, was interviewed today, and he said they're planning to mm-hmm. go full schedule for the SEC. So, you know, that might be something that uh, these athletes might want to consider. Who knows? Well, I, I think there's also a sanction called the NCAA that's going to kind of alter all this, right? I mean, it, it comes down in this realistically is what the NCAA is supposed to do. You can have all the great plans of the SEC, and you can have the great plans of the ACC and the other Power Five conferences, but at the end of the day, if I'm not mistaken, it is all at the end of the NCAA. It has been the sanctioned body that is overseeing all of these power conferences and underpower conferences, or however you want to label the other guys, but Everybody will sing the same accord, and we'll get into that, of course, with uh, Reginald here at 630, where uh, we'll get into that. But that's a great conversation. That's a great uh, – definitely, uh, you know, something that we'll, we'll bring up. And you have to be there because here's the thing. So you're telling me that they're going to start later, right, or things are going to happen different. What does that mean? They're not going to be part of the bowl season. They're not going to be part of the national championship because the schedule is not the same. They're not playing the same amount of games. And, and, and I get that there's probably going to be some, some rebuttal to some of that. But to me, I, again, I, I kind of hate to see, uh, you know, again, this is a chance. PWA actually can do what they get paid to do, and that is handle the business in college football instead of sitting here in nickel and diamond. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Southern Sports Central Live here in the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios. We'll be right back, guys.
Okay, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yeldon, alongside the coach, Eugene Benton, coming to you live from Somerville, South Carolina. The Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studio is going to sponsor this segment. Of course, uh, you can go in now and get that one-on-one loving and get back into that beach body that you need because it's only days away before you have a chance to go on folly. And, of course, all the other beaches seem to be opening up pretty quickly here. But you got to call ahead to get that one-on-one appointment at least until I think Monday or Tuesday. I think Monday they open the gyms back full-fledged, and you still need to be careful. But the number to call Jamie and the guys over there at the factory is 843-573-7391. You can find them over in Hanahan at 5913 Loftus Road. Make sure you tell them you heard about them right here on Southern Sports Central. So without further ado, we go to our 30-minute segment here, and we're going to get this guy for an hour. I promise you, starting next Tuesday, he's going to be roll called around 6-12, and uh, we'll get him in here for an entire at least 45 minutes. Of course, that's Mr. Reginald Walker, Jr. himself, the former Penn State Nittany Lion under the famous Joe Pot. Of course, he does a lot with Gardner-Webb and UNC Charlotte. And, man, he touches about every opportunity he can in contributing and bringing a five-star program together. And, of course, uh, we welcome you back to your uh, your Tuesday afternoon segment, buddy. What's up? What's going on? Good Tuesday to y'all, and a little bit of college football news trickling out the last couple days, huh? Yeah, man. So, I'm going to let you kind of lead some questions, man. What's on your mind up there in Charlotte? Well, I'll tell you, you know, it's one of the things we talked about last week, and remember we were talking a lot about realignment and and, and where some places and some schools landed and kind of what the future looked like. UConn got a TV deal, and, uh, you know, it's with uh, CBS Sports Network, and uh, the network's going to do, I believe, four of their home games uh, this upcoming season, and then they'll do all the home games through 2023 with some options maybe all the way through 2027. So a little bit of stability for uh, UConn going independent, which I thought I wondered um, if they would be able to get some kind of a solid TV deal. And if you really think about it, when you look at, you know, where where they've been and with the American and, and, and a lot of the ESPN Plus kind of platforms, um, CBS Sports Network has more eyeballs and it's linear TV. So I think that's a, a huge get um, for UConn to, to get CBS Sports Network to pick them up. Yeah, I agree with you. But, you know, my question is this. Is this something we're going to start seeing other programs? Because they've kind of isolated anybody in that, in, inside that not Power 5 Reginald, that you start seeing some of these other schools that are that are still doing big things, but they just can't find their way in the Power Five conversation, and they're in another conference. Do you see this is kind of the way that the way that they're going to start to go now? No, I don't think so. I, th- I think the 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 rights uh, deals that are done right now are a little bit too big, but I think more than anything, I, I think it's uh, you have to know, and, and basically what UConn did is they're hitching their wagon to basketball. Uh, football is important. But they wanted to make sure their basketball is where they wanted it, which was in the Big East, in the Big East tournament in New York City. That's what that was about for UConn, um, and it worked out. I think it's harder to do um, at some different places if you – because, again, you have to look at it. Who's going to come play us on the football side that is concerned about being harmed by losing? And I think UConn, I was concerned about that, but they've got some regional teams up there. You you know, you look at Syracuse, you look at Boston College, you look at UMass, who's staying in FBS, at least for right now. Um, You can dip down and play some Big Ten schools. Uh, You've got Rutgers, you've got Penn State, perhaps, uh, Temple. Uh, All of these schools are within four or five hours driving distance. 
of UConn. And I, I think that's uh, what's going to help them. Um, and it's always about the New York market. Uh, I think when you, when you think about some other programs, uh, and I'm just going to throw some random names out there, uh, you know, let's just say it was Boise State. They just don't have enough opponents close enough to them to bail out of that league and walk away from the guaranteed revenue-sharing money of some of the TV deals they already have. Yeah, I like the Boy State conversation because that's a good one there, man. I tell you, that was actually a, a name that I had circled here to talk to you about because while well, you see UConn doing this, and, and again, good minds think alike, right? So Boise State's got this whole blue field that now they've kind of trended this thing across the country. I mean, you, you look at Coastal Carolina, man, they got the teal field and everybody's got something. But it, to me, it all started at Boise State, at least trending-wise. But what they control, what they dominate, and, yeah, they took a few years off the camera, but, man, it seems like they're back in stride a little bit. But for them, they need a conference. Is that what you're saying, to kind of survive a little bit? That lifeline, that little bit of extra umph kind of helps them survive a bit over there at Boise State? Absolutely, because you have to – one of the things you got to remember in this thing is the cost of going to play a game. And – if you're Boise, where are they taking a bus to? Maybe Eastern Washington or something like that. That's about as close as they're going to get that they can just get away with taking a bus. UConn can take a bus to Boston College. Uh, realistically, they can take a bus to Philly and play Temple. Uh, realistically, they could take a bus to Rutgers. Uh, so you start looking at it from that standpoint. And, and listen, I used to live not far from UConn, uh, about 40 minutes away from UConn. I made the drive down to Penn State in four and a half hours. So you're talking about if they want to get on a bus and it'll be a nice charter, that's six, six and a half hour ride. Yeah, that's a long way. Uh, but at the same time, it could save them a lot of money as opposed to chartering a plane. I think it's harder when you look at some of the teams in, in, in more rural areas, if you will, uh, less densely populated areas in terms of proximity to other schools. That makes that concept more difficult. Uh, one of the things I always remind people to never forget either is, a few years ago, actually when Dak Prescott was still at Mississippi State, I don't know if a lot of people remember this, the year they ascended up into the top five and played Alabama and beat Alabama in Starkville, a lot of people forget mm-hmm. that was a 2.30 central time kick, right, that CBS 3.30 window for the East Coast. Alabama just took right. the bus over there the same morning because it's only, I guess it's only about an hour and ten minutes or something like that. That's a huge. Yeah, I mean, that's Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, that's Alabama, and they can and they can find an opponent. Now, granted, that's a conference opponent, but to have sure. that option every other year, and then mm-hmm. Auburn as well. I mean, those are two easy rides. Right. Very much, and Auburn to Georgia, very easy ride for Auburn, by the way, and of course Georgia, and and that's kind of segue, great segue for me. When you look at this, though, and, and is COVID nineteen going to do this? Because the one thing I'm going to say is I'm glad to see graduations. By the way, heading back to high school stadiums in Dorchester County, Reginald, this was announced uh, yesterday that they are going to allow graduations to happen in the stadiums of the football stadiums, of course, with two guests per student. I think whatever it took to get them back in the football stadiums, because why go into these coliseums? Because it feels more like it's a, it's it's just a very dismal, dismal, and just very blah atmosphere. But yet you get them on the football field. It's a memory that you, me, and Eugene 
we all remember, I think we've all graduated on football fields, that we never forget that day of being on the football field. I hope this is something that stays around forever. And I'm sorry that grandmas and, and certain people may not be able to be a part of it later. I don't know how that works, but it's not about the grandmas. It's about the students. Give them that moment back in the sun. Now, back to this other thing, Reginald, is that West Virginia, my God, my God, West Virginia, you travel to the Big 12. There is no such thing as a, a close game for these guys. Does this COVID-19, what would it take to get regionally back into alignment with some of these conferences that are not stretched so thin? I mean, you even look at Missouri, who comes way over to Columbia, South Carolina, when they call it the Battle of Columbia, of course. Your thoughts on the regional situations and how it's so out of whack right now in these conferences. Yeah, I think, I think you know, those two examples you mentioned are a little bit different because of the money. Uh, you got to remember right. the Big 12, they got to deal with Fox. They got the ESPN ABC deal. Um, and they've mm-hmm. got some syndicated kind of Big 12 stuff that they can hang their hat on money-wise. That's what's holding right. West Virginia there because they're getting that revenue coming in. Uh, I, I think – uh, I know one of the later figures I saw, and it, this isn't the most recent figure, but uh, one of the later figures that I saw was that the SEC network basically was able to cut a check uh, to all the SEC schools for about 25 to $26 million. I believe that was like three or four years ago, and the number is only going up historically. So you start to look at that and you go, well, there, <laughs> that travel money becomes irrelevant. And then you think about, you, you know, look at a place like, uh, Mississippi State. I'm using them as an example because I've got the information right off the top of my head. They're drawing about fifteen thousand, uh, fifteen to twenty thousand for a weekend of college baseball games. That program can pay for itself in that league. So a long trip for them to perhaps come all the way over to Columbia and play South Carolina is not as bad because some of the other sports are able to kind of hold their own baseball as well. Uh, So I think that helps with some of the power five schools, but to your point, the ones to watch are some of the schools in these non power five leagues and how they can try to kind of try to help each other by playing each other. I think you're going to see more situations where uh, I'll use Cincinnati as an example, because we talk a lot about them. We may see a situation where they play Toledo and Akron in the same year, Uh, just because those are in state games that are easy trips um, that can save the Mac school some money and the American Athletic Conference school in Cincinnati some money as well and make that travel a little bit easier. So don't be surprised if you see more of those kinds of matchups. Uh, all of a sudden, maybe Pitt is playing Cincinnati. That's an easier trip as well. Some of those types of situations may come into play more often, uh, to your point, moving forward, I think. We're live right now with Reginald Walker, Jr., of course. He played his days with the Nittany Lions and Joe Pa with Penn State. He's one of the many voices of Gardner-Webb and UNC Charlotte and contributes all around the southeast and anywhere he can and does a phenomenal job here on Southern Sports Central. You know, you start to kind of look at this, and I guess how much financially, Reginald, do you feel with these schools that have shut down? I know they've had to send a lot of checks back to these students who may have gotten the scholarship money for housing and things like that. Athletes are probably getting some of that back as well. When that comes down the pipeline, how much is this affecting the universities financially? And, and are they coming out of this season now because of the spring shut down in the red comparatively, or did some of them save money? Cause let's be honest, not all schools make money in their spring sports. I, I think a, a good amount of them probably did save a little money in the spring but I think that's why there's such a fear of losing football season, losing the fall season, because for many uh, schools, and I'm not going to say most, I don't know the exact number, 
But for many schools, the football program essentially uh, funds the entire athletic budget um, and gets them at least to where by the time everybody else brings in whatever additional revenue, it flattens out that number for the athletic department so they don't lose that money. So I think that's going to be interesting to watch is if, if football season is lost, addition to that on top of uh, potentially, right, the loss of football, uh, how that trickles out to some of the other things uh, and some of the other sports, A, in the fall, but even uh, moving, flipping over to the spring. And so I think that's why they at least want to play, even if there are no fans, because then they at least get that TV revenue. One thing I want to point out, Regis, is uh, Eugene, is you brought up the baseball. Now, I actually spent my freshman year at Mississippi State, so I know a little bit about that, that Highway 82 rivalry with Alabama. But, um, you know, you brought up the baseball. And, uh, you know, there are only about 18 programs nationally in the yeah. entire nation that their baseball program actually turns a profit. Uh, last year, Florida State returned the largest profit at just over $7 million, which it sounds like a lot of money. But not when you have, you know, travel and they play 60 games a year and you have, you know, every other expense. Um, but And I get it, that's a profit. But um, of the top ten, you got Ole Miss, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, LSU, Mississippi State, and South Carolina. So the only AKA teams the, the SEC. Ten, right. The only teams <laughs> yeah. outside of the SEC that are in the top ten in revenue are Florida State, uh, University of Texas, which they just print money, University of Miami, yep. which was a shock, and Texas Christian. Now, are you being sarcastic when you said Miami, Eugene? You, or was that well, just, because uh, they don't really – because of the profitability, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's not a school that has a lot of revenue, if you think about it. Now, their revenues sure. come from um, grants, uh, alumni donations, but as for, like, you know, a lot of the schools that get $20, $40 million off of ticket sales, they just don't get that. So a lot of theirs is just because they have a ton of rare, rare very, rare, very rich uh, alumni who give back for all the, you know, perks and awards and, and getting on the sidelines and all the bling and, and showcasing that, you know, who they are and, and their money. But, you know, in Texas is not a shock. They're profitable in, in everything they do, including, uh, you know, I mean, they could play a card game and I'm sure some type of oil uh, company would sponsor that. But, um, you know, the top ten, like I said, seven of them were from the SEC. Underwater Absolutely. basket weaving, bringing in $2.8 million in Texas. <laughs> if you're you know attached funny? to Texas, money is coming, and, and, and that's, that's so oh, yeah. true. I, I tell you, the, the one that, you know, I, Miami doesn't surprise me as much just knowing part of it is right. uh, the point Eugene just made. It's the donors, right? A-Rod didn't even go to Miami and wrote a check. I can't even remember how big the amount was, but it basically built the baseball stadium. I, just, like, I, I don't mean, know if the checks that hold that many zeros, to be honest with you. It had that many zeros. I was like, man, can a check hold? Well, I'm going to tell you, so, Reginald, I went down when I was looking at where I was going to go to college and play baseball. Uh, Miami was on that list. I flew down. We looked down at it. And, and I'll be honest with you, while Miami gets a lot of love on football, their baseball, because of where they are, and, and we all know that there's more baseball than you could ever stomach in the south down here. And, of course, Miami's loaded with talent and everything and anything. But baseball's huge down there. There's a ton of – guys that come over and, and do great things. But that baseball stands, when we went and watched the baseball game during that trip, man, it was packed. I was shocked. I was like, man, I think there's more people watching baseball than football, guys. Reginald, yeah, I, I mean, I, go with that. I, I can believe it. Um, you know, it, it's – so I, I think the revenue streams are going to be interesting to watch. 
Uh, I think a lot of schools are, I'm not going to say comfortable, but they're okay right now. But the biggest fear is losing football game revenue. And I think that's the one thing that most places are trying to salvage. I think California and the Pac-12 might have a little issue after the announcement a little bit earlier today to where some schools, I think it's San Diego State um, and uh, San Jose State and one other one has basically announced, uh, the schools in the in the state system, I guess, have announced that they're, they're going to do uh, online classes this fall. And, and, you know, Brett McMurphy, I think, is the one that put that out there. And my first thought on that is, and I, I replied to him on Twitter, I said, you know, uh, to me, uh, and, and, and I know this thing is bigger than football, but that's telling me they don't expect to play football because, again, to the point I continue to make, how are you going to say kids can't come to this campus but you're going to bring college football players there? That doesn't work to me. Right. I, I was telling Richie earlier, you know, those kids, let's say you're a kid from, from example, you're from the state of Texas. You played high school ball in the state of Texas, and you signed with UCLA or you signed with Southern Cal. Now you're hearing they might not have football or they might not be starting or, or have an abbreviated season, you know, what's to say those kids can't do some type of quote unquote, you know, the infamous hardship waiver and sign with another school because they haven't enrolled yet. And that's the key. They haven't enrolled yet. And if they delay enrollment or if they delay whatever, you know, or, you know, those kids don't show up for, you know, summer practice, they're not technically enrolled if they don't show up for that summer one. And so they could, in a sense, uh, I'm guessing apply for a hardship. You know, and I think the NCAA has got to look at that. Absolutely. I mean, I think the rule, and to your point on, on the enrollment, um, unless they've changed it, I know a couple of years ago, uh, the latest thing on the rule was they could be on campus. They just can't walk into class. So think about that. Right. They could come there and do a two or three weeks in the summer and then decide this isn't where I want to be. And as long as they never walked in a classroom, they can file for that hardship waiver and be somewhere else in, in a week. Yeah, and that's the same rule that they use for baseball for the high school kids that sign with a college and are, you know, drafted pretty high and their agents kind of working out their deal and their money. As long as they don't step foot in a classroom, they can still go play pro baseball. So that's the rule is the the moment you step foot in a class, you're a college student at that school. That's that's the rule they've always applied in baseball. Yeah, that, that's going to be interesting to watch, I think, especially to your point. Um, the schools that are that are sort of making these announcements going out to California to use them specifically uh, as these things come out, how this is going to play out moving forward. Because we've already seen an uptick over the last few years in just how many students, student-athletes, athletes, right, players, are moving around so much more than they have in the past. You add this to it, it could get even worse. But, you know, in the Southeast, yeah. I mean, you work in Charlotte, so you're familiar with the SEC schools and ACC schools in the Southeast. You know, they have a lot of political power. Um, the one mm-hmm. challenge uh, that looks like it's going to come down is the state of Missouri, where, uh, you know, Missouri's in the SEC now. Um, and Missouri is, you know, kind of hinting at talking about, you know, staying, quote, unquote, closed or shut down for, for a couple months. And so that seems to be the only SEC school that might be into play challenging, you know, playing and, and enrolling students and the governor. But, 
you know, these schools, you know, if the university, if Nick Saban wants to play football, something tells me the governor might want to play football in the state of Alabama or else he may, he may not be reelected or actually I think it's a she in Alabama. Um, so, you know, I think that's, that's, that there's a different aspect of that in that, you know, in the South, you know, the football's quote unquote for, for lack of better words and how it's described as religion. And I, I really think that, you know, they have more political power and controlling things like that, but then they do possibly in the, you know, Pac-12 and out in California. I agree with that. And I think, I think, I mean, if you, and, and part of that aspect, right. And, 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 and some of this theory is a little off, but in a lot of ways, it's very, very accurate. If you think about it, the state of South Carolina does not have a, a one of the big four professional sports team. Uh, the state of Alabama does not, the state of Mississippi does not. Um, and so you start to look at, those particular states and, and, and technically uh, the Kansas city chiefs, which is Missouri, I believe if I have this right, their team headquarters are located in Missouri uh, or, or maybe the stadiums in Missouri, but the team headquarters is in Kansas or vice versa. So that's a little bit of a different one too, because you could argue that they don't have a professional team in that state either. Um, and so when you look at it, Arkansas as well, none of the big four in that state. And so you look at how that translates, Kentucky, um, same thing, how that translates, that's where, to your point, you get that extra push that we got to have football in the South because we don't have those other quote-unquote big four, right, of the professional leagues um, to hang our hats on. This biggest draw, moneymaker, Super Bowl, however you want to phrase it, for a lot of those southern states. All right, even in Florida, if you add up Florida State, Miami, Central Florida, and and, and Florida, I'm sure you're going to get more butts in the seats than you are the the three NFL teams combined. I mean, it's just the I way agree. it is. And, and like you said, you know, money is going to be the driving force. I mean, because if everybody's staying home and ever and they're not collecting revenue, well, then the government's not collecting revenue either, and it can't fund itself. You know, it can't pay its employees. It can't pay. You know, the 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 police or the military or not the military, but the, uh, some of the guards kicked in by the state, you know, you can't, you can't pay for a lot of resources. You can't repair roads that's state funded. There's so many things that are state funded and they have to get that money from somewhere. You know, if the money's Absolutely. not there, you know, things are going to go into disarray. And so there's gotta, there's going to be a push for, we have to get some money from somewhere. And where's it going to mm-hmm. come from? You know, there's, there's millions and millions, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, just in, and things like that. And, you know, these state supported schools, you know, that money is actually, you know, technically owed or are owned by the state. So how, you know, and how they do with it, you know, obviously they keep it on campus for the most part, but still, I mean, the money's in, in travel and hotel and taxes and all these, you know, um, sales taxes for the state to have sales tax and things like that, especially Florida. And, you know, that's what they do. Their sales tax, you know, covers things like roads and repairs and everything else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, guys, so one I thing I'm going to say this, though, if you, if you think about it, though, Reginald and, and, and Eugene, it, it's a football game on the field, but it's much more than a football game on the field for those local businesses around. I mean, just think about when these tournaments, for example, when Myrtle Beach hosted the ACC, theme, uh, the girls' tournament, the money, the revenue that came through those hotels, the money that came through these towns are, are, are crazy, just like with the bowl games. When these bowl games are happening, it, it's much bigger than just the game on the field. There's so much more – the, the, the money that some of these, uh, if you think of NASCAR, that, that would normally be, you know, during Labor Day in South Carolina over in Darlington, 
you know, these are these are neighborhoods that these people they they live to have these people park in their yard. Man, they make in six months or, or in one night what they would may, may not make in Florence County in six months. You know, so when these things are, are altered, you know, it's a lot bigger. And, and I know people think, like you said, you know, it's a lot bigger than, than the sports game. But and there is a big but because it's not just a game. It's a lot bigger than a game. There's a lot of livelihoods. A lot of people, you know, revenue was there. They have jobs that are created. Think about all these NBA, uh, you know, uh, places that have shut down, all these um, arenas that have shut down. Now, some of the owners, you know, we know more of some than others have continued to pay these individuals, but they've lost their job. This is something that they normally would do as well. So it's, it looks to be something that we're just kind of greedy, wanting it to come back, but it's so much bigger than the surface of what just is just a game. Right, guys? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, one, one, of the, one of the running jokes in Pennsylvania is this. When there's a Penn State football game at Beaver Stadium, the stadium, not the town, the stadium right. itself becomes the third largest city in the state of Pennsylvania. <laughs> I have heard that. You know, just like going back I to mean, Mark, so, the- I mean, you think about that when, when, when you know, when, when, when they run down the hill at Clemson with all those people in there, and, mm. and, you know, when, when that thing gets rocking down there in Columbia, all of a sudden those are some of the biggest metropolises really in the states, just the stadium. Right. Yeah. And that tells you yeah, right there what kind of revenue that brings in. Well, speaking about Columbia, too, you know, USC women were ranked number one in the nation uh, and, and looked to, you know, have a good shot at the uh, national title. Uh, the estimated revenue loss from them hosting the opening round or, round or or opening two rounds of the women's NCAA tournament was about $50 million loss for the city of Columbia just in two weekends. Mm, mm, mm. That, that, I mean, it's I, amazing. I don't think people sometimes realize, and, and this is, you know, this is one of the conversations I had when the NBA shut down. Um, I was talking to one of my coworkers who is not a sports person. And the conversation was, well, why does, is this really that big a deal? I said, the NBA is a multi-hundred billion dollar international operation. And it just stopped with one positive test. That's how real this thing is. In the middle of the game, by the way. In the, right. <laughs> March that, Madness. That right there, it, We're just not going to have March Madness. It stopped the middle of the game. <laughs> Stop the game. It, it shut down March Madness. Yeah. I mean, I, this this thing is you know uh, you know so I, I think as we watch moving forward what happens, I think and I think that's why so many places are very much slow playing. They're reopened because they're everybody's got a motive to save something, and I think for some of these places it's saving the fall, whether it's college students in their states coming back in the tuition dollars, whether it's uh, elementary all the way up through high school students going back to school and parents getting back to work so the economy can start moving again and, you know, uh, restaurants on the week can take the kids out to eat on Friday and go to the kids' baseball. All of those things are factors in this. And I think a lot of people's benchmark is they're looking to get quote unquote back to what they're used to around the time that school starts again because that's kind of indirectly when a lot of people kind of reset a lot of things. 
I would agree with you, man. And, and here's the thing. We, we're going to have to jump this hurdle. I said this before we got you in here. we got to cross this canal. Now, again, you know, we understand that it's going to be kind of some bumps and, and bruises coming through it, but sooner than later we're going to have to do it. I just hope that gradually, like I mentioned earlier, you know, normally in May, it's is a hot, hot, hot time. Uh, of year for the South, of course, you and I know here in Charlotte, or you there in Charlotte, us here in Charleston, but for whatever reason, boy, oh boy, I'm not complaining, because I know August will bring all the heat we can imagine, and we'll be thinking that, man, wish we had the cooler weather, because it usually, uh, you know, doesn't get cool again until about December, but I think there's a reason that we're slowly kind of warming up, and hopefully that's the same for everybody. Uh, Reginald, as always, man, I I love that you come in here, and you give us all this time, and if you can start jumping in at six on the dot, brother, I know you got other priorities and other things you got to do, man, but you get in here as early as you can because I'd love to get you for a whole hour. And, uh, you know, hey, if there's a time that I, if I miss or Eugene misses, you know, we're going to let you just plug right in and, and do what you do, man, because you're one of the best at it, buddy. I appreciate that. And I'll see what I can do on that. And, hey, listen, do me a favor. You guys stay safe down there. Be careful down there. And uh, keep bringing it every week. Keep bringing it each and every week and each and every day. Because I tell you what, uh, even though there are no games being played right now, there is still plenty to talk about in sports, and it's a great distraction for the rest of the community. That it is, buddy. I appreciate you. God bless. How do they catch up with you real quick before we get you out of here, big man? Uh, Best way to catch me is on Twitter, at rwalk13, at rwalk13. I love to interact. I love to, uh, you know, just have conversations, positive in nature, preferably. And, uh, you know, that's how we do it. That is how we do it, buddy. God bless you. Take care. We're coming to Charlotte in a few. As soon as they open up some more lines of communication, we'll come up and hang out. And you can show us a few things. But I'm going to catch up with you off the air. i got some things I wanted to get your thoughts and opinions on that transfer portal off the air. But I appreciate you, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. You know I'll find all the good restaurants. <laughs> I already know. <laughs> we'll talk to you, buddy. Go ahead and sign off. I know you got to do it. All right. Well, y'all be good. Y'all be careful. And best of all, be good at it. We are. There you go. We are. And that is Penn State. Don't get that mixed up because I know the guys and girls over there at Ashley Ridge like to throw that around as well. We got to go to break because we are time for a break. Time of the hour. It is now time to hit our Saluda segment. This is a power hour of nothing but Saluda baseball. Coming up next, it's going to be the head skipper. He's also the assistant athletic director. And his boys are right behind him, guys. So we're taking a break. We're coming back with the skipper from the Saluda. Boys, right back. Welcome back, everybody. This segment brought to you by our friends over at the Tin Farm, located at 7634 South Railroad in North Charleston, South Carolina. You can find them on the web at tinfarm.com, or you can call them direct at 843-297-4131. Of course, for all of your tent needs, whether it be your home, your car, or your business, they got you covered. And while it might not be hot today, trust and believe we're in the South is coming. Just better be ready as it gets here. Now, we are ready for our baseball segment here tonight. And uh, I, I wish I had the segment to bring him in on the baseball tunes, but here comes the head coach of the Saluda Tigers. He, of course, is also the assistant athletic director. Coach Nate Horton joins us here. Uh, coach, first of all, thank you so much for letting us be a part of your night and allowing your players to be a part of our show. 
Oh yeah, man. Thank you guys. We're uh, we're excited about it for sure. I know you guys uh, poised, man. Holy macaroni! I saw the list, and I'm, I'm I'm good friends with a handful of good guys over there. Of course, Mr. Burt that does some 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 great things with you guys on Saluda now, and uh, we had Mr. Will Porter. He's a part of our family here. Uh, on the show as well. He does a lot of stuff for us uh, throughout. But, uh, of course, we had a lot of help from Mr. Bryant who helped get all this together. I want to thank him for it as well. But, man, how many seniors? Was it double-digit seniors that you guys had that are going to graduate this year on this baseball team? Yeah, we actually uh, we had 13 uh, seniors who were going to play Ooh. for us this year. Yeah, we got large, large numbers. Have you ever imagined that? <laughs> yeah, well, actually, uh, my first year as a head coach, I think we had 11. And I didn't think I'd ever get to anything like that again. And then, you know, sure enough, this year we got 13 of them to roll out there. So it's uh, live right now with you know, the head coach from the Saluda Tigers, uh, Coach Horton. So, so tell us a little bit about Coach Horton. Where, how long have you been in charge of the baseball program over there? I know you're an assistant athletic director, which that means that you get to wear multiple hats throughout the year. But uh, what got you to Saluda, and where did you come from before you landed on the diamond over there in uh, Saluda? Um, I actually, uh, I graduated from Burns High School uh, up in the upstate, um, and then I went to uh, Presbyterian College and played four years there, um, and once I got done and graduated and all that good stuff, my wife's sister, um, her boyfriend at is now her husband, was actually a player in Saluda, um, and we heard they had a social studies opening um, and a uh, baseball, assistant baseball position. Um, so we got in the car one night uh, when they were playing at Strom Thurmond and rode down and uh, met Coach Brent Wilder then. And I've been there ever since. This is my eighth year uh, at Saluda. So wow. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So in eight years, how much have you seen baseball? Again, I graduated back in 1997, went to South Carolina after that. But uh, I've seen baseball, it seems like, is one of the only sports that hasn't changed as much as some of the other sports. But you've been around just this one program along, played at PC, you know, did your days of growing up at Burns, which, by the way, you guys just spit out athletes as well if you're in the upstate. But how much has <laughs> baseball changed since you played and now that you coach it? Um, I mean, I think it's changed a little bit. Um, but I, I kind of agree with you that, you know, it is one of the few sports that was – it stayed pretty much the same. I think especially at the high school level and especially at our level, at the 2A level, um, you know, we don't have a tremendous amount of guys who can who can drive it out of the ballpark. And so we, we, we have to play a lot of small ball and do a lot of little things right and, and really focus on execution. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't think the game's changed very much uh, from that aspect. You know, we, we still bunt, we still hit and run, we still, you know, do all those kind of little things that, that help us win baseball games. Um and uh, that's kind of that was exactly how you know our our team was when I played at Burns, and we did some of those things too at PC. So it's just kind of been, I guess, part of my makeup as a player, and then you know moving into being a coach is, is kind of morphed into that as well. Yeah, I got a couple of buddies that played. Brad Harris played at PC, by the way. I'm not Brad Harris. So if his name comes to bell, he he was somewhere around the late '90s. Late '90s played football over there, and of course a couple of other guys that have played football up there with you guys, but uh, when you contributed to playing at PC and now you're coaching in 2A baseball, they're very similar, right? I mean, strategy-wise, you would imagine, even though, you know, I, I get that you got to kind of pick where you're at and kind of grow where you're living at there, but when you look at that world of small ball, and, and for those who don't know, of course, that's your bunting and, and getting guys around the bases, right? So 
that's kind of the way that South Carolina, the Gamecocks, where they went through that run with uh, Coach Tanner, that's kind of what led them, even though they were part of the Power Five baseball conference and one of the elite SEC teams. It was the it was the small ball. It was going back to the basics of baseball that won them the national championships. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I remember uh, guys like Scott Wingo, you know, when he came through Carolina. I played against him all through high school when he was at Malden. Um, and then to go, you know, you, you watch those Carolina teams. I mean, they had their, you know, the big boxers in the middle of the order with Smoke and Chris Walker and some of those guys that can really drive the baseball. But you go back and watch, you know, the 2010, I think it was on the ESPN the other night, and you just go back and kind of watch some of those little things. I mean, it's, it's something I don't think is ever going to disappear from the game. I mean, you don't see it a whole lot on TV anymore. But, I mean, especially at our level and – um, you know, I think even up through college baseball, I mean, you still you still see a lot of those teams who, you know, yeah, they might have one or two guys in the middle of the order that can really you know, drive the ball out of the yard on a consistent basis. But, you know, as good as pitching's got uh, in the past couple of years, I mean, you really got to be able to execute. You got to be able to, you know, to do those little things, like I said. Um, and you know, I, I think that's one part of the game that, that at least, I don't think it should go away. You know, I hope it doesn't. Um, but, uh that's kind of what we live by is, is, you know, being able to get guys on base and then move them over and try to find any way we can to get them in. So, and, and you know, likewise on the defensive side, being able to, to execute against, uh, you know, when teams run do those little things against us, being able to run a good bunt defense and a good first and third and, and those types of things. Um, I think the teams that you see, especially at the high school level, they can execute those, you know, well are the teams that you see win a lot of games. We're live right now with the head coach, of course, over there, the Saluda Tigers. These guys are, are doing big things. It doesn't matter the field. It doesn't matter the day. They are willing to play anywhere, anyhow. And, of course, uh, Coach Nate Horton is running the program now in his eighth year, doing great things over there and had a poised season. Count them up, 13 seniors. Man, that's that's much more than a baseball team. That's a little bit too more, actually, than a football team. So he could have done at least offense or defense with those 13 guys. And one of those guys is a football player. We'll talk about – Noah Bell and a few other guys, if I might have missed a few there, Coach, that have joined us here tonight. But, you know, the one thing, and I love hearing you talk baseball. We had another baseball coach from Fort Dorchester on with us on Sunday, Ronnie Sayers. He's the head baseball coach with Fort Dorchester here in Somerville, North Charleston. And, you know, I asked him this question, and I'm curious your thoughts. The, the entire travel ball world, you know, of course, we saw it take storm with basketball. That was kind of the first trendy sport that kind of took off and did its thing. And now here you see baseball is – in full-fledged with travel ball, and it's kind of taken away from the rec departments, which that's kind of the grassroots. We talk small ball, but let's talk grassroots, and that's kind of where that comes in at. What's your thought as a head coach? And, and probably you might have played a little travel ball in your time. Good thing, bad thing, and are these coaches staying involved with you guys at, the, at your level to make sure that you're aware of what their pitchers and catchers and everybody's doing? Yeah, um, I mean, I think it has its place for sure. Um, actually, you know, I played a, a year of travel ball, uh, when I was coming up through high school. And I, I think it's, you know, there's good things about it. There's bad things about it. Um, one thing that we try to do in Saluda, um, and, and it, I actually kind of stole it from Coach Young, our football coach. He he had our rec football coaches come in um, and met with them, you know, about offensive scheme, defensive scheme, just trying to get those young guys uh, into a system, I guess you would say, as early as possible. Um, and <clears throat> we did that last year. Uh, once we had – we have a – kids camp that we do um, and following that last year we had a coaches clinic type thing where we're just trying to you know let guys know what we do in regards to our throwing program and towards uh, in our defensive stuff that we do uh, kind of our offensive philosophy what we teach um, 
And I mean, I'm going to have to give a shout out to our, our athletic director, Jeanette Wilder. Her brother is actually in charge of the rec department, Paul Urkel. Uh, and he does a phenomenal job. Um, you yeah, know, he does a great job of getting um, coaches in there. I think we had over 300 kids signed up this year to play uh, in a small town of Saluda. I mean, that's just, it's, it's really unbelievable. Um, but I mean, you know, there, there's, like I said, there's certain aspects of travel ball that, that I think help kids. Uh, I think the exposure that travel ball gives kids is, is a really good opportunity. Um, you know, on the, on the counter side of that, you know, we at the high school level, you know, we always preach team, 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 and, you know, trying to make sure that we understand our jobs to do what's best for, for us to get the W and, and, you know, worried about what our team does. And I think sometimes travel ball can get a little bit uh, more on that me side of things, um, which, you know, is human nature, I think, to a certain extent, because you're wanting to get exposure, you know, Guys want to go play college ball. Um, but I think there just has to be a balance there. Um, you know, I think you, if you can find yourself in a good organization that, you know, gets you that exposure, but also at the same point in time keeps the game pure and tries to, you know, teach you those, those same characteristics or qualities, whatever you want to call it, of being a part of a team, you know, I think you're winning there. Um, but, you know, I, I personally, I mean, I think it's great. We have a ton of kids who play rec ball. Uh, for us in the spring, and then, you know, they turn around and go play their travel ball teams or summer teams, uh, you know, during those summer months. But they, they, they tend to put, a you know, pretty good importance on Saluda and, you know, on our rec department to make sure that we're, you know, that we're doing a good job. So, I mean, I, I think if you can find that balance, then then obviously both of those things are, are really good. Yeah, no doubt. As we're live right now with the Saluda head baseball coach, the skipper over there where the course is Saluda Tigers, a 2A program, and they play out of their shoes into a 5A level day in and day out. They can practice, they can play, they can do it all, and they were poised for a run at that 2A, 2A state championship. Of course, uh, Coach Nate Horton uh, joins us now here on the air. Coach, you know, the one thing I like is that small-town charm, and I'm going to tell you something. I had a chance to watch uh, some 2A football this past season during the playoffs and then watch a little bit of that on a Friday night when you guys, uh, the football program, won your state championship there. Congratulations to your program for doing such great things. I mean, and I tell you, breeding bleeds into other sports and continues to kind of – it's contagious. We've seen it in college. You see it there in high school. And, uh, of course, I think there's a lot to be said about that small town, though, because of that small town, there's such that warm feeling, and the rec centers, I think, thrive more. I know the football stadiums are a lot busier than you see at some of the four- and five-day places, where, of course, I watched you guys show out at the state championship game on that Friday night, and I was like, holy moly, I see the whole town must have traveled. <laughs> What's your thoughts of coaching in a small town and how it affects the positive side of growth in your program as they get into high school? Um, you know, I, being uh, from the Estate and Burns area, you know, Saluda was a, I don't want to say a culture shock, but it was a lot different for me, um, just in regards of it being that small town. And, you know, I was used to, you know, I guess much bigger and, and a lot more students at school and, you know, things of that nature. Um, but I tell you what, I don't know if I would trade it for the world after, you know, nothing against my high school career or anything like that. I mean, I loved every minute of it. But being in a small town and being in a community, uh, where you know they're supporting you and, and they they want to see you do well. Um, I mean, they, there's really nothing better. I mean, it's it's, it's one of those things. Um, you know, my roommate Matt Kite, who's the uh, head baseball coach at uh, Strom Thurmond, uh, he was my roommate in college in Abbeville, and you know he used to always talk. He's like, man, our kids. He's like, rec department growing up, they just they they can't wait to to play football for Abbeville. Like it's just in their blood. It's what they bleed. 
um, or really to do anything for Abbeville. And and I, I never really understood what he meant. You know, I was proud, you know, proud of my high school and things like that. But I think until you're in that small town and we start to see those things that salute now, I mean, you know, our rec department rolling and the numbers going through the roof on that, you just get to see the eagerness that the way that kids, young kids look at the programs, football, basketball, baseball, any other sport, you know, and they look at the older kids and the, and the athletes that are competing right now. And, you know, they want to be those kids. Um, and I think that's something pretty special. And, and you know, they're excited. It's, it's a big deal for them, you know, to make the, to make the baseball team, to make the basketball team, to be able to, you know, run out on the field on Friday nights. And there's a certain sense of pride there. Um, again, not that, I, that we didn't have that at Burns, but just being in a smaller community where you know everybody, um, I think that makes a difference. And it's, it's something I've really enjoyed. Well, Coach, uh, I want to touch on a couple of things before we get you out of here. First of all, thank you so much and your family for allowing you and your players. And we're going to wrap it up with your assistant coach, Travis Mills. After we talk to, of course, uh, coming up, Noah Bell's going to join us. T.J. Fowler's going to join us. Matt Herlong's going to get in here with us. And then a little bit later, we'll hear from Cade and Jacob, uh, two of your other players. I think a total of five seniors set to join mm-hmm. us. And uh, the, the the good news is you've got a lot of great men that have come through your program in the eight years you've been there. And these are, uh, I can tell you, 13 of the best ones you can imagine. But, but it was a hard day in Saluda uh, a few months back. And I'd like to pay respect to a young man who's not able to join us today on the air, if that's okay with you, and and let you speak about this young man who passed away during a tragic injury. He would have been a graduating senior as well as received uh, a game ball. And he's getting one from us right now here virtually from Southern Sports Central. But can you take a few minutes and describe this young man and all that he meant to you, your program, your family, and everybody in the world of baseball? Yeah. um, And and technically, um, you know, with Drayton, uh, this year, he it would have actually been 14 uh, seniors that we would have had. But Drayton was a part of our program um, from, uh, I believe it was his seventh, eighth, ninth grade year. Uh, and then he he took a year off, uh, sophomore year, and then came back last year, kind of approached me um, and was just, you know, Coach, I miss it. I want to come back. Um, and, you know, me and him kind of worked through some things. And, and fortunate enough, he, he was able to play for us last year. Um and just a, a phenomenal kid. Uh, I mean, he worked he was an extremely hard worker, uh, sometimes a little bit too hard on himself. Uh, but that was, you know, I, I'd rather have a kid that, that I've got to pull the reins back a little bit, I guess, uh, than try to motivate him. I mean, he was, you know, he was one of those kids who, who wanted to do well and wanted to do well for his teammates, wanted to do well for his coaches. Um, and I tell you, you know, a couple months ago, that was the hardest you know, thing I've ever had to go through in my life, um, just having to be around our guys and trying to be strong for them um, and, and, you know, try to answer the question of why when you, when you, when you don't really know. Um, but I, the, the the thing that came out of it that, that I think I'm most proud of is just the, the camaraderie and the fellowship that our players show towards one another. Um, you know, obviously there were some guys Drayton was a little bit closer with than others, but I just don't think you would have known that. Um, you know, all of our guys were really supportive of one another, supportive of the family. Um, and, you know, it was just one of those deals where, um, you know, you'd love to see, would have loved to have seen them you know, take the field one more time and those types of things. But um, it's uh, it's been rough. Um, but I, I feel like we've, um, we've kind of been able to uh, – not necessarily move forward. I don't know if that's the, the best way to put it, but we've been able to remember him in a, in a positive way. 
Um, and I think that's, that's the most anything, you know, anything or the most you could ask from a situation like that. Coach, I appreciate that. I know that's a hard conversation. And, and of course, I do the radio broadcast for Somerville. And uh, we had a young man, uh, Tripp, who, uh, who, who, was, um, who was taken away too early, uh, you know, uh, in high school. And, of course, uh, a traffic accident, uh, similar situation where we had to round together. Banks Faulkner was the head coach back then. He's now up there in, in the Columbia area, was here. And, uh, man, I tell you what, not only did the, 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 the team, did the community, but the state, the country is amazing. The same happened for you guys, how much you saw the love for the athletic world. We're one big fraternity. We might wear different jerseys and might do different things, but at the end of the day, we're all athletes, and that's a title that we share. That's something that we, of course, uh, take a lot of pride in being, whether you're a former athlete, a current athlete, or soon-to-be athlete, that word athlete sticks to hold uh, a lot of glue. Coach, um, before I get you out of here, and I do have um, one of your young men getting ready to join me here, Noah Bell, who's gotten pretty good at these interviews, so we're excited to get him back in here with us. But if you could, <laughs> if you could speak to not just Noah, but these other four gentlemen that are going to join us here tonight, and the rest of your seniors, what would you tell them? And then speak to these underclassmen, these knuckleheads that get to come back and deal with you another year next year. <laughs> um, I guess to my seniors, um, you know, we we were able to to take our pictures and kind of all that stuff the other night and you know hopefully when things open back up you know we're going to get together this summer and, and fellowship and do all that good stuff but um i, can't, I just can't speak of, of how proud i really am uh, of this group um i've had the majority of them since they were in seventh grade uh, they've worked their tails off they've been through some some really rough times uh they've been through some great times i mean this this group right here won the first ever region championship uh in solid baseball history um so I'm, I'm extremely proud of the athletes that they are, but I'm even more proud of the young men that they are and how they are just an, an absolute perfect reflection uh, of what I want players who lead my program to be, um, you know, on and off the field. And then, you know, to my, to my underclassmen, uh, I don't know how many of them know this, but, you know, we, <clears throat> we said before we played strong tournament on that Thursday, I don't remember the date, I guess March 12th, you know, I told our guys, I said, look, you know, we always preach play this one like it's your last, uh, you know, because you never know when you're going to get another opportunity. And I don't think uh, I don't think wiser words have ever been spoken considering what happened on on the 13th of school and and then of course cancellation of season and all that. So, you know, I guess my message to them is, you know, learn from it and, and understand that your opportunities are very limited and uh, always make the best of the opportunities that you get. Well, Coach, here's the fun part. We'll know in August or, or as soon as you guys are allowed to get back around them who's going to be the better uh, PlayStation or Xbox guy and who's been working <laughs> out on the side because the proof will be on the field. Right, Coach? <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Man, I appreciate you. I say God bless. This is your platform, uh, again, and, and I want to thank everybody who reached out to you to make this happen. Um, you know, for all that you do as an assistant athletic director, to the head baseball coach, uh, you know, God bless you and, and, and your entire community. Anything that we can do, you got a fundraiser, you just want to come on the radio and do a baseball show, man, call me. I'll set it up for you. I know a guy. So we'll put it together right here on Southern Sports Central, and we'll have some fun. How about it? That's awesome, man. I appreciate you guys uh, having myself and then the, the players and my other coaches on us. It's a new experience. We, we really do appreciate it. Hey, God bless you, Coach. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, the head baseball coach checking in with us, which means now it's only time for a guy who's been in here with us before. We bring Noah Bell back in here. What's up, big man? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. 
Yeah, man. Second time's a charm. That's what they say on the news, and that's what we're going to tell you tonight. And you got your ring the that's other it. day, big guy. I sat there in my truck, and I watched it thanks to the uh, the team of, uh, you know, Saluda Now, which actually was on that radio show with Mr. Burt the other day, and that's always a good time. But, uh, man, how cool was it? To, I don't care whether you virtually got your ring from a six-foot distance or not. Man, how cool was that ring to wear on your finger? It was uh it was it was awesome. I mean, they, I mean, words can't really describe, you know, the feeling. You know, that's what you work for. That's like the, you know, that's what every high school senior, you know, from the time they were born to, you know, the time they finally put it on. That's what they that's what they dream for. And uh, just to really cap off a great season like that, that was something something really special. I mean, you guys balled out on Friday night, man. I was there. It was awesome. <laughs> you know, again, y'all doing it big and. They kind of rush you out of there kind of quick. I didn't understand that deal, but it is what it is. So, how many rings is that for you now? You got one in baseball, one in, in, in uh, football now? No, uh, uh-uh. no. I wish you got I wish that, that one in football. Yeah, you know, I wish we uh, wish we had a shot at this year in baseball, but right. things happen, I reckon. Well, you guys won the region last year. You guys come out of some 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 big expectations. I didn't know if they got you a ring for the, for what you guys did there. I know a lot of times they give you. A little bit of uh, a little bit of bling when you take out the region stuff, and you guys had a heck of a run last year. Of course, like Coach said, you had 13 kids. Uh, of course, uh, you know well, we're going to get into another conversation before I get you out of here. But uh, so much, man, so much poise coming out. You had this energy. You committed. If I'm not mistaken, you're ready to go play football though at the next level, yes, right? Sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm committed to Wingate. I'm excited about it. Wingate. No baseball at Wingate for you, huh? Straight bait. You're going straight football over there, huh? Uh, yep. At least for the first year, I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> consider all things off the table. Yeah, right now. It's right, right. I got you, man. I got you, man. So, so tell us, man. What's it been like being there? Of course, you and I talked. Uh, Will Porter is one of the guys who helps us out mm-hmm. throughout the season. We've given him a little bit of time away. He's got a lot going on, but uh, you know, he was the one that kind of introduced us together. And I wanted to make sure we got you guys back in here before y'all broke loose and went to college and got to be grown ups here in a couple of weeks, but. Uh, you know, give us a little story, man. What's it been like growing up in small town USA over there and, and being a part of, uh, of course, Saluda, man. So much love, so much just a small town feeling, man. I feel like I'm, you know, I watch you guys celebrate your, your, your rings and I watch you guys in your parades and it felt like a little bit of Mayberry USA for me. Is that kind of a, the right oh, yeah. feeling of your town? Oh, yeah, it is. It is. Um, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade Saluda and the memories, you know, of me. Um, so far for anything in the world it's yeah like you said it's just something about that small town you know everybody knows everybody everybody you know cares for you genuinely I mean that's something that you know needs to be said genuine and nothing's nothing's fake you know around here they just say it how it is and everybody looks after everybody and uh that's a beautiful thing about living in a small town and um you know if you y'all laugh you laugh together cry together share know all those memories like I was saying together and it's just it's just something that I'm extremely fortunate you know to be able to grow up in in town of Saluda. Live right now with a man who has done it on the football field he was doing it big on the baseball field Noah Bell now Noah let's talk about your your baseball position we know you're the starting quarterback over there and a little moxie if you will I kind of think about Friday Night Lights when I watch you guys (laughs) and some of your highlight reels and and I've had a chance to talk to Mr. Brian I mean not only does he do virtual proms he's also killing it on getting you guys your rings. And, I mean, he's like the greatest DJ of DJs and uh, does some great sports oh, yeah. stuff too. But And he's helping us, by the way. He and I are communicating as we speak here uh, for all that he does. We appreciate it. But 
you know, baseball, let's get on the diamond, man. What position did you play there? What was kind of your, your key role, uh, of course, for the Tigers uh, during the spring? Um, so I pitched, which is, uh, which, you know, I love to do. And I also played center field when I wasn't pitching. So those are two positions. Awesome. So what did you like most? I mean, pitching, outfield? I mean, either way, you're kind of in a general uh, location there. You can control both sides. Yep. I'm a, I'm a big I'm a big pitcher. I love pitching. It's just something, something about it. It's just you, know, it's you versus the batters type approach that you take to it. And it's like I said, I, I love competition. Yeah. That's, that's just, you know, something. That's like If you want to be in you know, a competition spot, I mean, that's, that's the spot. It's you versus the batter. So, yeah, I definitely like pitching the most. You come off the right side or the left side? I'm trying to remember your quarterback days. Left right? side. You were lefty or left side? Yeah, see, you're yes, right. Sir. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. You get it. I'm a lefty. I get it, man. And you know the thing is oh, yeah. with us, man, they don't see it coming, brother. When we break it out of our gloves, <laughs> they lose it somewhere back here. Our hat's a little crooked to the right. They think we're off, but we're just right. And all of a sudden, good luck That's hitting it. it. It might not come the fastest by, but trust and believe me, it's got enough backspin and a little tail at the end. <laughs> you can't hit it, brother. Now, I'm with you, man. Hey. Greg Maddox, I used to watch him, man. I say, look, man, if I could put this thing in a teacup, good luck. I don't have to throw it hard. I just got to get it by you. And sometimes slow and easy gets the job done, right? That's right. That's right. It, does, it, it, I, it got some speed, but yeah, it, you, well, it helped that way. way to take it off a little bit. I threw about mid nineties. Once I got to college, I was about mid nineties, ninety three, ninety four. But my changeup was about sixty three. So I threw a slider, yeah. a changeup, and a fastball. That was about all I needed. What do you got? Well, I throw. I throw about mid-80s fastball, and then I have a change-up, and then I throw a, a knuckle curve, which is which is my bread and butter for the most part. <laughs> it's, what I, it's what I resorted to a lot. I got you, man. I got you. I love it, man. So I'm excited for you, dude. So when it comes down to, to the one game that you're going to remember, and we can do – football is going to be that state championship. We already know the answer to that one. Now, if it's, you go ahead and correct me, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be close to that game. Other than that, in baseball, because we do like to highlight you guys who had to cut your season short, man, what's a, what's a game that you're going to remember, a moment that you're going to remember? It could be practice, a bus ride, whatever, that you'll remember with your boys over there on the diamond. Um, you know, winning the region championship was, you know, a great night. You know, first one in school history, that was, that was up there. But uh, really the, the one I'll probably remember the most is probably the last game because I, I was on here, um, Coach Horton was – talking about how he said, you know, um, you never know when the last moment would be. And baseball, to me, is such a, you know, a, the lessons you learn, both football and baseball, you know, it reflects life so much. You know, the older I get, the more I realize, you know, the lessons that you learn, you can, you know, you can go and uh, live it, you know, in your daily life. And uh, that, to me, was kind of the – it sucks that – there ain't no way to, other way to put it. I mean, it, it really sucks that – you know, what happened with the season, but that's, uh, I mean, it just kind of magnifies, you know, what I, what I'm saying, you know, baseball and football, it's life lessons. And, uh, that's, that's definitely one of the memories that I'll go away, you know, to live every moment, like it's your last and, uh, don't take anything for granted for sure. Now we're live right now with a, a pitcher, a center fielder, a quarterback. I'm sure he could do about anything. Absolutely. Right now he's probably got the key to the town and everything. Of course, the one and only Noah Bell joins us. Uh, and we've got four of your teammates. Actually, three are going to join us. One of those is going to be a teammate in football, and he's also your baseball teammate, Matt Herlong, is going to join us. Uh, before I ask you another oh, question, tell me something. About, 
Tell me something about a good old Matthew that nobody else knows that we can kind of talk to him when he jumps in here and catch him off guard. What do we know about Matthew that he don't know we know? <laughs> I don't know. Matthew's a Matthew's a simple guy. He, he's my kind of guy. But uh, I know one thing, you know, he plays his heart out. You know, whatever he does, he goes everything 100%. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there ain't, there ain't much you can say about Matthew other than uh, that he commits to everything he does. And, you know, I love him to death. But I don't know, I don't know if there's any secrets I can I can spill. I don't want him to be too mad at me, but I just, <laughs> I just leave it at that. Matthew must block for him. <laughs> Yeah, must hey, look, <laughs> Matt. Hey, look, no, I just hope Matthew's as love for you as you are for him because we're going to ask him the same question. So you might want to stay on. I'm going to let you stay on the air when we bring him in here in a minute. But uh, the other question, which Matthew, by the way, just joined us, I haven't brought him in, but he can hear us. Uh, that being said, before I ask you to, to do something that we have all your seniors do here, and, and I'm going to uh, ask you to do that here in just a minute, man. If I go when I come to Saluda, and I told Will Porter I'm coming to Saluda. Uh, I expect number right. one. There's got to be a huddle house somewhere around. I don't know if you guys have a huddle house, but that's kind of <laughs> it's like a smaller version of the Waffle House. But where's somewhere I got to eat, man? What's the top spot you got to eat when you come to Saluda, man? Well, the top spot to eat. Your best choice is just keep on riding to Batesburg somewhere. But <laughs> we got a we got a McDonald's. We got a Burger King. Oh God. We got uh, we got a Mexican restaurant that ain't too bad. And then we got Migs. <laughs> But uh, talking about Little House, we had a Huddle House, and then uh, they shut it down. Now they're opening wow. up a Japan Express, which I'm really, really excited about that. I love Japanese food, so <laughs> that's, I'm ready. I'm ready as soon as as soon as they lift all these, you know, regulations. I'm a I'm a ease on in there whenever they finish <laughs> opening it up. Well, me and Eugene are going to travel up to eat there with you, man. We we try to we're going to start right. doing that. We're going to throw around, and, and Eugene's a real big eater, man. But uh, Noah. <laughs> All right, man, this is your moment, man. This is your time to uh, to stand up in front of your, 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 your seniors that you're graduating with to your left on the baseball team and the football team. Speak to all these guys. And then speak to the guys to the right, which are all the guys that are going to come back and, and, and have to keep up with this legacy that you seniors have put together, brother. What would you say to them as you talk to them at this senior banquet, buddy? Um, well, for the seniors, that's tough. You know, the seniors, you know, we went through, you know, all blood, sweat, tears, you name it. You know, the low, highest of the highest, lowest of the lows. But um, I don't know, senior class, <laughs> I, I was talking to somebody. Uh, I said, yeah, if I had a valedictorian speech, I'd, I'd end it with, it's been real, it's been fun. And, you know, it might even have been real fun, then drop the mic. But, uh, no, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, been, it's been a crazy ride, you know. But I think, like I said, the memories I shared with, you know, all the senior classmates, um, through, you know, school, sports, you know, you name it. You know, we're such a tight-knit community and a tight, you know, class of 2020. But uh, I, for them, I just say, you know, I enjoyed it, and I love them. And uh, for the younger class, kind of goes back to, you know, what Coach Horton said. He kind of hit the you know, nail on the head. You know, just live each moment like you're laughing. Don't take anything for granted because you never know when, you know, life could happen. Or, you know, you never know what could happen. And, uh Yes, yeah, so just live each moment like it's your last. You don't take anything for granted. I think that's awesome, man. I want to wish you the best of luck. You're going to keep in touch with us, man. And, again, we can catch up All here right. off the air, but uh, I do appreciate everything that you've done at Southern Sports Central. I want to thank your parents for letting you come on and, and just be a part of what we want to do, and that's get you guys an opportunity to speak. And, you know, instead of reading about you or watching, man, we give you a chance to catch up. How far is the Krispy Kreme from you guys? You guys have a Krispy Kreme in town, or you got to go a few miles down the road for that too? 
Yeah, you got to do it a couple miles. Well, get some of these guys and and go get it, man, because they're giving you guys free donuts right now, by the way. Krispy Kreme has free donuts for the class of 2020, so go grab yourself. How about that? I'll have to do it. That's that's awesome. But Real quick, uh, Eugene, I know you got something because we're going to go ahead and bring Matthew in as well. But, uh, Eugene, you wanted to leave him with something real quick? Yeah, one thing, uh, I'm sure there's a good – somebody makes some good barbecue in Saluda. I I know it. Anyway, so we'll have to figure that out later. But uh, one of the kids that uh, played for us at Oceanside is a wide receiver up at um, up at Wingate. His last name is Bennett, but uh, we always call him Snoop. So I just want you to throw the ball to Snoop, man. He, he's a, an athletic kid. He's gonna make things happen. He doesn't look the part, but trust me, you'll see you'll see what happens. And uh, he was nicknamed Snoop for a reason, and you'll you'll figure that out when you get there. All right, sounds good. Oh. All right, Noah, enjoy it, buddy. Appreciate your time, my man. Yes, sir. Thank you all for having me. Always a pleasure. There he goes, ladies and gentlemen, Noah Bell. He was a pitcher. He was a center fielder. He was a quarterback. And, of course, uh, his favorite place to eat is Chinese. So who would have thought that all the way in Saluda, South Carolina. So we now head back to the line, and we're going to catch up with Mr. Matthew Herlong. What's up, Matthew? Hey, guys. How are you, man? I hear you're a hard worker, man. I tried to get some scoop on you, man, but – Noah wouldn't give in, and Noah's still on the line. I'm going to let him hang out unless he hangs it up. But uh, first of all, thanks for coming in, man. Congratulations on your state championship in football because you're a football player and a baseball player, correct? Yes, sir. That's right. There you go. So you got to do a little bit of both. Uh, what position did you play in football? I played defensive end and long snapper. Long snapper. That's where the love comes from. I got you. All right, cool, man. What was your favorite position in football? Did you like to, did you like to hit them or did you like to – Swing the ball back, and, uh, of course, that's Coach Eugene's position. He's a special teams coach, by the way. Oh, really? Well, yeah, which uh, one do you I'd like the best, defense uh, or offense? Definitely defense. Definitely defense. <laughs> yeah, you guys like to hit a little bit up here. Salute, man. I watched some games, Sam, and then I went and watched you guys win a state championship Friday night. I said, my God, these are grown men wearing pads, wearing, driving on buses. That's <laughs> neat. Um, man, so – so what was it like to win that state championship? We're going to get into some baseball, brother, but I, I haven't had a chance to get to know you and talk to you yet, so I want to do that and, and, and kind of figure out, man, when, when, that, when that thing hit zero, you guys looked to the other side, and, and I saw the team y'all had to play against, by the way. They're also grown men. They got a kid over there that is quite nasty, and uh, he, he can do some things. If I'm not mistaken, his name's Deshaun Watson. Whatever it was, you guys were able to stop him and a few other guys along the way. What was it, what was it like to win that state championship, and when did it finally hit you that you just got a ring, bro? Well, it uh, it didn't really hit me until the ring ceremony. I think that was last Thursday, but uh, it was it was a real good season. And whenever the clock hit zero, I think I was the only person crying on the team because I knew I couldn't play football anymore. I'm not going to play at the next level. So uh, it, that's that's when it really hit me. Right, but you know what, brother? There's a bunch of guys playing football on Saturdays that don't have a state championship ring. So you take that to the bank with you and that's enjoy right. wearing that ring because I don't got one either. So, uh, when it comes to football, that's for sure, man. So, that's a heck of an accomplishment. I don't care. Nobody can take that ring from you. I, I watched you guys. Uh, you know, I stopped my work day just to watch you guys. Thanks to Saluda now and, and Mr. Brian, everybody to put that together for you guys. Uh, I, was, I was really proud of you guys because I know it takes a lot of work, man. It takes a lot of work and a lot of luck even falls into some of that if you listen to some of these college coaches to get to a state championship or a national championship. But you guys, whatever it was, you guys did it. So, Congratulations. Let's talk baseball, man. Region champion, 
uh, last year, uh, poised with about 13, 14 seniors. You went through some some hard times before the season started, losing one of your close ball players. Uh, you know, you can talk about him if you'd like to as well. But, um, you, you know, that's hard, man. But you guys, it seemed like y'all were ready to play a season for a man who couldn't play anymore, and you kind of rallied together. From some of the conversations I've had with some of the people that had kind of watched over your team said that this was a different team. This was a different group of young men that were coming in here. And I saw that in that, that picture that your coach or whoever put together with all you guys standing on the field. Man, that picture was – no words needed to be said because it said it right there. What's it like having that many brothers that you grew up with and now you're going to graduate with playing baseball the whole way through? Well, uh, it's, it's a very – it's a very bittersweet moment. Uh, I'm I'm really glad that I'm be able to graduate this year, but also I'd, I'd like to have everybody that's supposed to be there to be there. And it's it's just uh it's it's a different feeling, and it's something that can't really be described. It's something that a lot of people don't see every day, and it's it's uh it's a really emotional subject. But uh, you know you. You know, William, I went to uh, daycare with him. Me and Noah actually went to the same daycare with this kid, and uh, we mm. we grew up with him since we were really little. And um, you know, it's it's just kind of a surreal feeling. I tell you, brother. You know, we talk about the game, and and, and, and the games come and go, man. You, you never know if you're going to play tomorrow, being a former athlete, and and understanding that 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 theory all the way through. I was four, all the way up to I was. You know, heck, 42, I get it. But but do we not realize it's the same in, in life? You know, you're never guaranteed to, to say goodbye to somebody and, and, and wave and, and give them a hug, man. I don't care about the social distancing thing, man. Give them a hug because might be the last time. <laughs> you just don't know, man. And, and embrace these next two weeks, bro, because when you graduate, it changes. It's hard to believe, but it does change, and you'll come back for a 10-year reunion. The fun part's a 20-year reunion, especially when you look no different than you did when you graduate, and all these other people look completely different. Some good, some not so good. But it's just a lot of fun to come back, but it's never the same as it was the days in those hallways, man. And you're going to wake up tomorrow and it'll be 10, 20 years from now. And you'll look back with that ring on your finger, by the way, and not just your wedding ring, but you'll have a state championship ring that a lot of people don't have. You remember that. I, that's a big deal. I need you to keep that in your mind, brother. When you don't think you can do something, that ring needs to be kind of like your, your motivation because not a lot of people can say they have it. But uh, when you look at this season and you look at every season in baseball, man, give me a memory, something that you'll look back at, at, at being, of course, a salute a tiger on the baseball field. What was that one memory up to this point that you'll always keep in your mind? The one memory that I, I immediately go back to is uh, the winning the region, the, the region championship a few years ago against Fox Creek. It was at home, and we won off of the walk-off dinger from uh, Jacob McKay, and uh, that that was a, just a really great time for the program. Wow. I love it, man. You're a team guy, no doubt about it, man. So I'm going to ask you, you, you got to give me your favorite spot to eat at. This is something new. Eugene, I figured we'd start asking these kids that, man, because i got to know if we travel to Saluda, you know, if we go with Noah, we're, we're eating Chinese, all right? So Or Japanese. It's actually Japanese. Japanese, so, yeah. Uh, it is Japanese. <laughs> Matthew, what are, you, what are you eating in town, brother? Are you traveling me over to two more towns to go eat somewhere else? Well, uh, if it was up to me, I'd eat at my house because there's really not anything in Saluda. My dad's a pretty good cook, but uh, if I had to choose a place, it'd be Migs. 
Migs, I mean, I've heard Migs. Out. I think Will Porter told me about Migs. So we're writing Migs down. And, of course, you know, I, I'm good with eating the Herlong Bar Grill or the or whatever. I mean, whatever. Yeah, Dad's yeah. cooking. We're eating. <laughs> I mean, we, we definitely can pull in there. We do have Jacob joining us here a little bit later in the hour. So we'll talk about that dinger that he hit uh, back in the uh, the win of the region. Of course, him and Kate are going to join us here mm-hmm. after you two guys. But, um, man, so so tell me, man, what um, – What's something if you could look back and, and you could stand, and, again, I'm sure you guys will do something because uh, you guys have done a great job uh, of staying united. I see a lot of stuff with social media and you guys communicating through things, and, and I want to tell you, man, there's a lot of – hard to watch the seniors right now for me because I couldn't imagine my season coming into an end. I actually got hurt once in high school, one in college, and I thought my season was over uh, from both injuries, but I fought through it. But you guys, like you said, man, you, you will not play football. And, and that's not something that you're going you're gonna to pursue going forward. Um, you know, what is your future? What, what college do you look to go into? What degree? Or you're going to go into the world, the Army, the service? I mean, what's next for uh, Mr. Matt? Well, uh, since I can't play the sport of football, I'm going to go on to be a manager for the Presbyterian football team, and I'm going to pursue, pursue a career in uh, physician's assistant, so I'm going into their pre-PA program. Nice. Well done. You actually know a guy. I hear you. There, if you don't know a guy, I know this guy. We're pretty close now. He's a coach over there at Saluda. You know, I give him a shout if you need me to. I'm sure he can give you a couple words of uh, recommendation, you know. Why not? Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so if you were sitting here, and here's the senior banquet here, Matthew, and, and you guys, of course, you're going to look to your seniors that you're going to graduate with, and to the left and to the right, you're going to get your underclassmen, all right? These guys, of course, are coming back. What would you tell this class of 2020 of athletes, not only the baseball but the football guys as well, and, of course, to the football underclassmen that are going to take over the reins when you guys get that diploma, what would you tell those guys to the right big guy? I'd tell them not to blink because it's going to fly by faster than you know it. And, uh, so I, I don't know if these are going to be the best years of my life, but the best ones are pretty good ones. And, uh, I just tell them to live it up while they can. No doubt about it. So I got to ask you one thing before I get you up out of here, big guy. So, you know, but uh, some give me something about Noah, man, because I mean, I, I mean, this guy here. What's something that we don't know? Like a blooper moment or something about this all-American quarterback? I mean, you know, when I hear him talk, I feel like I'm watching. What do you think, Eugene? Like Friday Night Lights, like Moxie, or, or, or kind of what you got in your background when you think when you hear uh, Noah on the other end. Yeah, you well, know, uh, I, I was, I, go ahead, big guy. I, I just think of uh, going fishing in ponds together. I mean, uh, he loves to fish. I love to fish. And, uh, I don't really think of him as a quarterback. I think of him as a, a pro fisherman in my eyes, I guess. I look up to him to show me some fishing tricks. Hey, now I, I tell got you what, when you guys get done, they can come down. We can set him up fishing in Charleston. And Noah, no, you, no, Noah I, you're showing the line, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right, I am. So Noah, we do have we have Japanese down here too, by the way, man. We got Japanese, so you can come down here. But but here's what I'm going to offer you two big guys, okay? And I'm going to offer this to the other two guys that are going to join us. And uh, Coach Eugene's also a, a chef, um, virtual Facebook and, and everything else. He loves to cook on the side. Just don't tell anybody. But what we'll do is you guys come down to Charleston, and you guys can you know y'all end up down here. You know, keep in touch with us. And and, and Eugene, of course, will feed you. And then we'll take you fishing, and, and we'll kind of have some fun. I'm sure Will Porter will still be down here. If not, we'll get him down here too. But we'd love to catch up if, uh, you know, since you don't have any restaurants up there, and I'm not sure Dad over at Herlong's Restaurant is going to let us come in there and eat. But if so, we'll, we'll make that trip as well, guys. How's that sound? 
That sounds good. Sounds I actually have an idea there. Great. Something tells me uh, Mr. Herlong can make a, a heck of a fried catfish. I'm, I'm just willing to bet based on Saluda's geographic location to uh, to lake uh, to the lake up there, Lake Murray. Something tells me he's got a good, very good yeah. fried catfish recipe. Oh, well, uh, I'd, I'd say the catfish too is their fish. There you go. That's all we I love need it, right there. I'll bring the bread. Well, guys, We're good. we appreciate both of you guys getting in here. Y'all are more than welcome to hang out. We're going to bring two more. Here, we're bringing them in by twos now over here. The Saluda Tigers are all in the studio, packed out virtually from here to Saluda, South Carolina. Of course, uh, uh, hang tight, guys. We're going to bring these other two guys in here with us now. And, of course, without further ado, and for the other two guys that are just joining us, I'm going to have to try to do this in, in motion of just recognizing you by your name, and then I'll let you talk, and then we'll go to the other gentleman. So let's start off with Jacob McCary first. Jacob, what's up, big man? What's up? How are you? Well, great, man. So you're graduating and finally here. It seems like you've been in school forever. But, unfortunately, baseball high school season did not last forever, man. What was it like for you as you, you, you know, you kind of watched the lights cut on for the final time? Have you ridden by the field just to at least take a peek over there and say, man, who would have thunk it came to an end like this, man? Yeah, every time I, uh, I ride down the road and go past it, I'm like, man. I wish I could go back and do it one more time. No, it's just uh, it's a real bummer knowing that the season ended this way. I wish we uh, played out this season. Live right now with Cade Gentry and Jacob McCary, two of the seniors, the final two seniors to join tonight's show. Here as we are highlighting the Saluda seniors. Of course, Saluda's baseball team it was a powerful 13-man seniors. If I'm not mistaken, 14 with the passing of one of their teammates, their brothers, a young man that they grew up with. You heard, of course, uh, Matt talk about him. Noah talked about him. The head baseball coach came in, and he had some kind words to say as well. And, and the kind of emotions that it's hard to say if you've never been through something like that, it's not even something you can explain to someone. I've been, um, you know, in a situation uh, with being the voice of Somerville when they lost uh, one of their athletes uh, a few years ago and uh, very similar traffic incidents. But uh, that being said, we will continue to remember Mr. Drayton who uh, will get a game ball here for us tonight at Southern Sports Central. And uh, lots of love to him and his family and y'all's entire community and baseball team, guys. Uh, let's head over to you now, Mr. Cade. What's up, big guy? How are you, buddy? Doing good. How about yourself? Not bad, man. Every one of you guys got that country twang going, man. I love it. It's baseball. It's just, it feels like everything's good in the world, man. I don't even feel like there's like a whole COVID thing going on. We've been talking baseball for a good 48 minutes. I mean, to me, I'm a former baseball player. I played a little college ball. Played a lot of high school and some other ball, you know, that rec ball stuff. And, you know, I shared this story. You know, my first base hit, guys. Here's my first base hit, and I shared this a couple of days ago on the air, was uh, in T-ball. And I hit the ball dead square. Man, I hit it rip, dude. I mean, it was a feed all the way over the shortstop head off the tee. And the coach yells, go to second before I even let the batter's box. What do I do? I head straight across the mound, still on second base. That's kind of my highlight. <laughs> so, Cade, let me ask you, big guy. Uh, let me ask you, your, your, what's a moment for you that you can look back at your days of playing baseball uh, that you think, man, I can't believe I did that? Myself? What was something I did? Yeah. Uh, or you can tell uh, me about Noah. I mean, Noah or, or Matt. I mean, either one of those guys, I got it muted so they can't stop you. Go ahead. Yeah, um, we can start off with Noah. Noah had a pretty good end to his career. He had two home runs the last week we played um, in our scrimmages. Wow. Like, well, no, one was a game. One was the first game of the season, the first and last. against Strom Thurman, he had a bomb over 
left field fence at Thurman. It was pretty cool to lead off the game. It was a first pitch fastball, and he railed it. Yeah. Wow. Jacob McCary, um, I remember, I guess it was our sophomore season, 2017. Um, we He walked it off against, I think, with Fox Creek to win the region title. That, that was pretty cool. I remember that like it was yesterday. Well, Jacob, that's the second that's time I've cool a guy with um, winning it. That's huge. How about you there, big guy? How about you, Cade? What, what's something about you that you can remember uh, that you can kind of tip your own cap or pat yourself on the back? Shoot. <laughs> I can't think of any off the top of my head. I was hoping to hit a home run, you know, this season, but, you know, we, it got cut short, so that won't ever happen in high school, but maybe in college it will. No chance that Noah goes out to the mound once they open up the field and you go slap one across the fence for a good old timer? Hey, we might work that out. Yes, sir. <laughs> Put that on Twitter and tweet that and copy us on it. Jacob, let me ask you, yeah. man, I, you, you kind of uh, – that that's the second time I've heard about this Fox Creek uh, bomb hit and, of course, wins it a walk-off style. I mean, that, that's by far one of the great moments. I was a pitcher as a lefty, so I know what it's like to strike out the side to win the region and do some other things, but – Hitting-wise, I know what it's like to be on the other side of somebody hitting it. Trip Kelly, who played with me in South Carolina, he also played at South Florida, at West Florida. Uh, he hit one. Uh, he probably still had landed in 1996. And his answer to me was, uh, you know, next time don't serve it up so easy. What was your thoughts when you hit that thing across the fence, brother? Man, uh, well, uh, whenever I stepped into the box, I could hear the, uh, the coach signaling in the uh, pitch. And I remembered a number that was a change-up. So I knew a change-up was coming. And um, I just saw it coming and hit it over a third baseman's head. And I was just so excited. The whole team was excited. It was the best feeling ever. No doubt about it. So, Jacob, what's in the plans for you, man? It's like, season's over. It's a sad day. I get that part. And that's why we love having you guys in here, man. I love hearing the excitement in your voice. And I'm hoping that this helps you a little bit. Kind of bring back some of those days, man, because you don't ever want to fade them out, man. Always remember these moments and, and opportunities to be surrounded by all five of your guys here, with you included here on our show right now. But what's next for you? What's the next step? Where do you go after you graduate? Um, I'm going to Carolina in the fall. I'm going to major in computer science. There you go. What you going to do with that when you get done? Uh, I'm not sure yet. Um, I'm thinking about joining the Air Force after college. Hey, so you'd be an officer coming right out. That's a pretty good writ, man. And I mean, matter of fact, I mean, that's a pretty good timeline. I like what you're thinking there. How about you, uh, Cade? Where, where, where are you heading after once you graduate, buddy? Um, I think I'm going to be signing to Columbia International University here soon to play baseball there, and I'm probably going to major in business. Yeah, I don't know about administration or the medical side of business, but one of those two. Gotcha, man. I like it, man. So. Business yes, side, you're going to run a company, going to own a company. What's, what's the plan after college, man? What you want to do? Something like that. Um, I'm also interested in kinesiology. Um, I might try to start up my own type practice potentially, but I might just stick with business to just kind of wherever God leads me. There you go. Uh, before I go back over to Jacob Cade, any thoughts of coaching, man? Any thoughts of maybe getting back around? I mean, this summer – uh, you know, taking that talent that you've learned so much, maybe going to the local Little League field and giving back to some of the people that, of course, kind of given to you? Oh, I'd love to do that. Yes, sir. The Saluda Rec Department has been great. To, I know all of us, me, Jacob, Matthew, and Owen, about everybody else. Everybody kind of grew up 
playing rec ball together, and that's kind of what's special about Saluda, coming from a 2A small town, playing together and kind of having that bond. But, yeah, I'd love to give back to the community something like that if hopefully the little leaguers can get out there this summer and play some ball. I know they miss it just as much as we do. That'd be great, man. How about you, Jacob, man? Any thoughts on coaching in your future, buddy? Uh, I've never really thought about it, but, um, yeah, I would definitely love to go help out a little league team. That's something um, me and my friends, we've actually talked about that, me and Kate and yeah. Matthew and Noah, uh, talking about coaching some teams and then playing against each other. Mm-hmm. That would be cool, man. Well, let me tell you, that's some of the best recipe. When I quit playing baseball, I decided to coach. And I didn't coach my own kid. Matter of fact, I didn't enjoy coaching my own kid. And he probably didn't coach, enjoy me coaching him either. But I did coach him for a few years until he got to double digits and I gave him to somebody. But when you go and give back to a program, and then I, I told the parents this, I don't like these kids. I don't like my own kids. The Bible says you got to love them. you got to like them. Right? So don't go nowhere because if they're in the fence, they're mine. When they're outside the fence, they're yours. It's like a daycare. And if I kick them out of my daycare, they got to go. And then I had a rule that you can't feed your kids on the football, on the baseball field, because I would cut it up. A hot dog would be a beanie weenie between me and about 13 other kids, and we were all getting a piece of little Johnny's hot dog. So and you can do things like that when you don't have a kid on the team. But I'm going to tell you guys, I encourage you guys, because it might be mentally, it, it might be, it, it might give you more closure to the game of baseball if you guys went to the rec center once they open it up here in the next couple of days. And go tell them you either want to be an assistant coach or some something, but don't be on the same team, right? Don't be on the same team. I'm sure there's 13 teams that each one of you guys can go and help on and then play each other. And trust me, the kids will enjoy watching you guys compete against each other as much as they enjoy competing against one another, guys. Yes, sir. sir. So let's go back to you, Jacob. If uh, you don't mind, give me an opportunity. If you're standing here, and, of course, we do this with all of our seniors here, the class of 2020, we give you a banquet sponsored by Southern Sports Central. And speak to the seniors that you're graduating with to the left, all the baseball players that you've been playing with for either a year, maybe 20, maybe whatever it is the last few years that you played with. And then to the right side, you're going to leave some of the underclassmen. Some of the new guys are going to take control of this situation or foundation that you've left behind what would you say to your seniors and then what would you say behind to the guys that you'll leave well I think what I'd say to my seniors is just y'all for always being there to support me I mean my seniors they've been there forever you know since I was little so they know me the best and we're all really good friends and I just want to thank them for that and probably to the underclassmen I would probably just say, just go have fun. Don't stress everything. Just, just go have fun out there on the field. All right, Kate, here you go, big guy. You got the mic. I know you want to be in. Noah talked about doing a mic drop. I think that's what he said. He was going to do uh, a mic drop. But before you drop the mic, tell us, man, what would you talk to your buddies, uh, these kids that have had your back since it seems like day one, and what a great group of guys y'all are. And then what would you say to these other cats that you're leaving behind? Yes, sir. I would be the same exact words as Jacob, really, with the to my seniors, telling them thank you for all the times we shared and, you know, all those practices, the cold, you know, January and Februarys to the fun March and April games and practices. But just thank you for pushing me to be the um, baseball player I am now and just sharing all those memories that I'll never forget. And to the people, the underclassmen that were leaving, I would just say be the best version of yourself you can be and just, you know, don't worry about comparing yourself or your game to others. You could try to strive to be better and make yourself better, but just don't focus on, oh, I got to 
hit this number, I got to steal this many bases, stuff like that. Just let, just play the game and be the best version of yourself each pitch. Guys, I tell you what, I'm going to bring all five of you guys uh, back in here with us, and, and, and I'm going to say this to you guys. Uh, first first of all, guys, each one of you guys are first class, okay? No matter what you do, you're going to be successful. I can't tell you again how proud I am of each and every one of you, not for what you've done on the baseball field, but for the accomplishment of becoming a, 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 a state of South Carolina high school graduate, okay? That's a lot bigger than any home run you'll ever hit or strikeout you'll ever get. It is huge. It is something that will carry with you from here and beyond. And I'm proud of each and every one of you guys. Your parents have done a phenomenal job raising you guys. Uh, you've handled yourself on the radio great. And I know you've got some experience in it because of uh, your days on the football field. And, of course, uh, Matt, you as well. But uh, you other two guys are, are, are great. And, and I've enjoyed having you guys as well. And, and I just want to say I'm proud of each and every one of you. Eugene and myself can't tell you enough. Y'all know me individually through Twitter. You can send me messages. Let me know if you come to Charleston. I'd love to catch up. We would love to catch up with you. We go fishing with you over there on the Pier of Folly, and uh, we'll grab some food along the way. We'll get rid of, of course, uh, we got some good barbecue down here. So we'll hook you up with some barbecue, but we'll have some fun, buddy. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you all you. Always a pleasure, guys. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's time, and you guys can hang tight if you'd like to because you're uh, one of your other coaches, Coach Travis Mills, is going to join us next coming out of break because you're listening to Southern Sports Central. We're on a virtual tour at Campus 2020 as we hit the campus of Saluda and the 2A Tigers. Guys, we'll be right back. You're listening to Southern Sports Central on Blog Talk Radio. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yeltman here. It is now time for the third and final hour. Third and final hour here brought to you by our friends, of course, over there at Somerville Signs. They can be found on the phone at 843-779-5853. They are making all of your class of 2020 banners for $25. You can check them out uh, just by giving them a shout. Again, it's Somerville Signs here in the great city of Somerville, South Carolina. Without further ado, I do want to thank, uh, of course, uh, this last hour and now there'll be an hour and a half have we made that campus tour to Saluda and Saluda High School where the Tigers are winning championship rings from the football field they were poised to do it on the baseball diamond and of course any other athletic program they continue to just really put it together and show not only on the field but off the field uh, what it's like to be an All-American of course we want to thank the coach uh of the program, Coach Nate Horton joined us. Of course, he graduated at Burns High School, went to PC, did some big things, took his, uh, of course, his knowledge. And he's been doing it for eight years over there, of course, with the Saluda Tigers. And, of course, he brought us Noah Bell, Matt Harlong, Kay Gentry, and Jacob McCary all joined us here in the last hour. Now, hour two, hour three, brings us Coach Travis Mills. Coach Mills, what's up, big guy? Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having us. We're good, man. I tell you what, you guys. I don't know whether you do what my coach did in high school. This was many moves back. Uh, we had all these different drills. And one drill was actually 
it was the broom drill. And we would go actually and interview as if we were talking to a newspaper reporter. And uh, he would bring a guy from the Sun News over to interview us so that we didn't kind of fumble up the words. But every time we've gotten any kid from football or baseball or anything, badminton, if it's over there, you guys are definitely putting some great kids in the streets here in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, we've been pretty we've been pretty lucky to have some good guys come through. Um, they all come from good families, and you know they're, they're all raised the right way, and they definitely know how to handle themselves on and off the field. So as we're live right now with Coach Travis Mills, he's one of the uh, main coaches on the diamond, and again poised to win a state championship after winning, you know, the region championship. You guys had all the the, the things together with uh, double-digit numbers of seniors coming back. I don't think I've seen this many seniors on a baseball field. I mean, you only got what, how many positions can go on the baseball diamond, nine. And that being said, a lot more than nine. So you're sitting at least three or four seniors along the way. What was it like for you? And, and kind of give us a rundown. Where did you come from? How long have you been at Saluda? And, and, and just kind of your history. Well, uh, you know, born and raised in Saluda, graduated from Saluda High School in, you know, 2012. Um Played four years or six years of baseball at Saluda. Um, my coach was actually uh, Coach Brent Wilder. I know Coach Horton mentioned him earlier. Um, you know, they always you know wanted to coach. And when I got done, uh, when I got done with uh, high school, went on to Lander University, uh, and you know started immediately coaching right when I started college. So I've kind of been here. You know, me and Coach Horton been together for around seven years. So it's uh, been a good ride mm. so far. That's unheard of, though, Coach. I mean, usually you guys, of course, uh, it doesn't happen. But it just shows you a little bit more of what Salute is all about, the small-town charm that it brings Absolutely. together. Uh, when you when you look at it, this team a lot different than probably any of the other teams. And coaches say that I've had a chance to coach uh, at different levels. And I'm going to ask you a couple of things because of you've seen baseball kind of involved, not really much on the diamond, but what you've seen the growth off the field. What's the biggest growth off the field that, that's kind of surprised you, maybe in a good way or a bad way, that baseball's kind of maybe changed outside the lines? Well, you know, you see a lot more, um, a lot more of the guys doing a lot more travel ball these days, and uh, you know, like Coach Horton said, there's good, there's bad, um, but for the most part, I think it helps the game. You know, helps the game get out there. Um, you know, you know, kind of hurts some of your rec departments, but you know, here in Saluda, we don't really have that issue. Um, we still have a great rec department, like Coach Horton said. Coach, uh, you know, Mr. Paul Ergel does a great job with that. We have tons of kids, um, but you know, just outside the game, it's really grown. You know different kind of workouts, weight room, you know, you see that priority coming every summer now. Um, but other than that, the game hasn't really changed a whole lot, I don't believe. Let me ask your thoughts there. When you're in a smaller town like you guys are in there in Saluda, and I would like to hear the, how many people actually live in the, in the actual city limits because I'm trying to get those who are listening outside, you know, the Saluda area who may not even know where Saluda is located. I like you kind of put it, put you guys on the map there. Yeah, how big a role is it, though? It's got to be pretty sweet. And, and I was kind of talking to that earlier, um, you know, with your other coach, where I think you guys have an upper hand on being a smaller town because you lean on each other, you know each other, you go to church together, and it is still a big deal to get up, to go to church, and you see each other in the same sanctuaries that you do on the same classrooms and the same ball fields. Right. You know, it definitely plays a big role in it. You know, it's it's nice to be in a small town because you know everybody. Um, you know, everybody knows everybody's business in a sense, but it's, it's a good thing when it comes to sports because everybody's, you know, kind of connected. Everybody's behind each other. And, you know, you saw that this year with football season as well. You know, the community really got behind the, the football team, and you know, that was awesome to see. But, yeah, the small-town life is it, it's, it's pretty interesting. And, you know, 
definitely different from what Coach Horton was used to, but overall it's pretty great, you know, grow up in Saluda and, you know, kind of see it evolve. We're live right now with Coach Travis Mills. He's one of the skippers on the team, one of the coaches, the decision makers. What position do you actually oversee? And I didn't get a chance to ask Coach Nate this uh, when he joined us uh, at the beginning of the top of the hour in, two, in hour two. Uh, but what, what's your specialty? Uh, what, what do you kind of focus on more than anything, Coach? Um, well, I usually handle our infielders. Um, you know, it kind of varies year to year, kind of depends. But, you know, the last few years I've been with our infielders. Um, that's what I played in high school. So that's really – what I love to do, love uh, coming up with new drills and stuff like that that can make our infielders better and, you know, really enjoy it. Coach, what is it about – and, again, I, baseball is something close to my heart. I played football and baseball, but I had a little bit more luck in the world of baseball being a lefty like Noah. You know, we're coming off from the other side. But, right. you know, what is it about a shortstop and a second baseman? Shortstops, they're, they're kind of like the wide receivers of, of baseball, right? They make sure their armbands are just right. They're about a quarter inch from the elbow down. And they got their socks just tucked just right, and their hats. Well, they got to make sure they're perfect. And you got the second right. baseman, complete opposite, man. I mean, it's like it, it's almost like a, a complete 180 from what you see from the shortstop to the second baseman. What is it about those two middle fielders that make them so different that they carry kind of a different, their own different mindset? Yeah, that's interesting to say that. Uh, our, our shortstop, Cade, he, he's one of those guys that, you know not a knock on him but he likes to look good and you know everybody on the team knows that and then flip over to our other our other second our second baseman is uh another senior Christian Corley and he was just kind of a guy that's just going to go out there and uh no matter what he's going to get it done it may not be the prettiest but you know he knows he's going to go 100 percent and you know whatever he can with what he's got to get it done so when you look at it and you're coaching the infield would you would it be fair to say and, and if you're going to go with the shortstop because it was always ours we had a kid who ended up you know going and playing some college ball he's a little bit younger than us but he was very good he started as a freshman uh with me at Socacy where I went to high school and uh yeah he was a pretty boy I mean kind of like old Dorn uh in the major league for you know guys like our age that know that movie major league a little bit right Right. When you look at these guys, other than the shortstop, who else is kind of the prima donna on that infield as far as it goes? Oh, goodness. I don't really like to say that none of our infielders are prima donnas. Um, I like to I like to see them as the kind of a greedy guys that, you know, kind of whatever, get the job done kind of guys. Um, but, you know, you're right with the shortstop. The shortstop, you know, he's always the guy that's going to, you know, have everything looking just right. Um. I don't know if we have another guy like that. I think, you know, for the most part, we got a, a good group of rugged guys that just go out there and get the job done, and, you know, everything is full tilt, um, 100% all the way through. Yeah, because I kind of – you know, and I was thinking about this the other day. We were kind of going through some things because you got a little bit of time, right? We're sitting around, and I was thinking, well, the shortstop's kind of like a wide receiver. Uh, the third baseman, he's kind of like a linebacker, right? I mean, he's just like right. – he's just burly. He's ready. I mean, he's coming at it. you got the second baseman. Uh, and I'm trying to think where the second baseman would fit on the in, on a football field. Which guy that would be? Would he be the place kicker? Would he be – which position? The first baseman, of course, he's kind of like a halfback. You know, he's going to get the job done. If he needs to go out and catch one, he will. If he needs to hold it and run it, he will. And, of course, the quarterback, that's an easy fix there for me as a quarterback. But how about the catcher? Where does the catcher stand as far as re- relatively in the, in the communication of comparison to football to baseball athletes? Oh, man, I think you're – I think your catcher is your overall – I think he's your, you know, kind of your captain on the field. He kind of gets everybody lined up. Um, comparison to the football field, where he might add in, you know, maybe a middle linebacker, getting everybody lined up and in position. I like it. Yeah, I like it. 
Hey, we don't do this often, and I figured, you know what, I, I have you on here, and I'm going to ask you a couple of questions and try to see if I can catch you off guard. But, no, you're great. You're doing it big. Did you say you grew up in Saluda? Did I hear that right when you said Saluda? Yeah. Kind of yes, sir, I did. Yes, sir. Holy moly, man. How cool is it to coach a team, man? You you mentioned it, and, and, and we didn't get that memo. And, again, I want to thank Brian and, and everybody here who put you guys together for me. And, and what a great group, man. What a great family. And you got to start thinking about somewhere to send me and Eugene to eat if we come to town because – so far, Noah's God is going to uh, uh, Japanese, and, of course, uh, Matt's God is going to his house. So, so far, we don't know where to eat when we come to Saluda. But um, <laughs> what's it like, man? What's it like growing up in a town? You've seen the success in football. It does marry into other sports. You see South Carolina did it with baseball and football. Clemson's doing it in their sports. Even And it's now bleeding into softball in their first year. Well, what's it like growing up in a town there where you've seen so much, man, growth, but yet, to see it happening on the sports fields, man, it's got to be very surreal for you. Right. I mean, you know, I can remember, I can remember the dark days of Saluda Sports. You know, I've been there that long growing up there, and, you know, I've seen it progress, and I've seen it, you know, hit its peak, which was this year, and that was really awesome to see. It's been something you've been wanting to see, you know, for my whole life. And, you know, to finally see it and kind of be able to be a part of it, um, it was really cool to experience, really cool time, time to be in the town, in the schools, um, kind of seeing the community come together. And, uh, yeah, it's just really awesome to kind of see the progression of Saluda through sports. Um, You know, just really fun to be a part of. I heard you, this Coach Eugene, I heard you say you you played for Landrum. Is that correct? No, no, sir. I went to school at Lander. Graduated from Lander. Oh, oh, Lander. Okay. Because I know last year um, I was a coach at Oceanside for three years, and uh, a few of my kids and some of the kids I call my own own sons were on the uh, Oceanside baseball team. Some of them are seniors this year, and, faced Landrum in the uh, state title game and uh, you guys would have had them in the upper state title this year if things had gone well you know they had that crazy pitching staff up there um, you know did, have you got did you guys have an opportunity to play them we actually uh, we had a first round game with them I want to say it was uh, four years ago we went up there and they were good then and uh, I think five years ago they came to us for a first round matchup and you know they were you know they were really good then as well so they got a great program as well. Yeah, I think uh, that starting pitcher, you know, their number one guy was committed to Clemson early on, and uh, we got to see him throw heat. And I'll tell you, uh, when they came here for game two, there was about 15 scouts sitting behind home plate with the radar guns, man. That guy that guy had some heat. But, uh, you know, you guys, you know, with the team you guys put together, it seemed like you were equipped to battle a team like that with the small ball, the stealing the bases, you know, kind of make that guy work. And uh, right. it seemed like that was the only recipe for beating him was to get him to not only throw pitches, but to sit on the mound and think and to throw to first base and things like that. So it seemed like you guys were kind of geared up this year to give those guys a run. Right. Yeah, wish we wish we would have had the opportunity. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, you know, we just want to thank you guys for coming on. And, uh, you know, we're glad to have you. As, as Richie has said, you know, we're looking forward to coming up there and seeing what Salute, the big town of Saluda has to offer. You know, we're talking to other guys about maybe uh, catching some catfish and having a good catfish stew. I know Richie's, uh, Richie must be hungry because he's asking everybody about food tonight. But, uh, you know, I, I do a little cooking myself. I do a little uh, smoking some meats. And uh, you guys are definitely welcome to uh, come down to Charleston and hang out. And uh, we'll get together and throw something on the smoker. Awesome. We appreciate it.
Well, Coach, I, I do want to say again, it, it means the world to us uh, for, for, for you guys giving us an hour, an hour and a half of time so that we can highlight your athletic programs to be on your campus virtually. We do look forward to him. Uh, one of your uh, alumni, of course, Will Porter, is part of the Southern Sports Central family, and I put him to work on a Friday night, and the kid was like a kid in candy store. The kid, uh, just like these other five or four guys that we talked to tonight, well-mannered, well-disciplined, and he's a, he's, an, uh, he's a joy to have around my, my dream and my goal, of course, what I do. Um, I just want to say thank you for letting us interview you and, and, and of course, your players and anything, as like I told your, your, your other coach there, anything you guys want, anything you guys need, if you need a platform or maybe you guys want to do a baseball show, hey, call me, we'll put it together, and, and we'll make it happen. Uh, before I get you out of here, i got two things i got to get you to do. I'm not hungry. I just know that when I go to town, the hardest thing is to find the place to eat. Like I went to Greensboro, North Carolina one time, and I asked a serious question. Coach, I was sitting in a marshal, and I said, ma'am, I'm not from here. Can you tell me somewhere to eat? You know what she told me? She told me the greatest place to eat in Greensboro, North Carolina was the Golden Corral. I was thinking, we're in trouble. <laughs> I did come this far to go to the Golden Corral, and I don't want to go that far to eat Chinese or Japanese, but I will for no, of course. But for you, what's your favorite place? You're from there, man. I, mean, I know they shut down my favorite little hot spot with the Huddle House, but other than that, where do you eat? Uh, I'd say my go-to in town, and you know, it's kind of what these other guys have been mentioning, was be, would probably be Miggs. Miggs, right. Is that where they do the Salute Now show? Is that kind of where, where, yeah. where they kind of do their, their, their broadcast? Yes, sir. So, yeah, it sounds familiar, of course. Uh, man, what's it like being around that guy? Man, I, I love me some, some, some uh, Saluda now. He, he loves you guys to death. He does a great job, him and his guys, put that show together Tuesday, which I think they did their show a little earlier today. Uh, how neat is that? I'm sure – have you had a chance to be on his show with him? I haven't had a chance to be on their show yet. Uh, um, coach Horton handled those uh, interviews and being the head coach and all, but – they do a great job, and we're we're blessed to have them. And the things that they do for us, you know, broadcasting the football games and you know, doing the talk yeah. shows and things like that, and it's, it's awesome to see them and uh, helping us out in those kind of ways as well. No doubt, man. I tell you, it's it's an honor, and it's such a. I love listening. I go back and, and I get a chance to listen on Friday nights, and and it's a it's a lot of fun to hear small town USA on the radio. And I think that's something COVID-19 is going to bring back. I think you'll see a lot more radio than you have in the past. So uh, one final thing I want to get to you real quick is if you had a banquet and we're going to give you that moment right now, because we know there's a lot of Saluda Tigers listening tonight. And I want to thank you and your community for embracing Southern sports central. We are a high school and college show. We promote more high school and athletes and college athletes. We feel than anybody around the state on a regular basis, not just talk about them, but we bring them in here and put them on the show. So with that being said, we got a lot of listeners tonight. We're up to about 33,000 listeners right now. What do you have to say to your seniors that are graduating in two weeks? And what do you have to say about these young men who have no idea the pain, the excitement, and all the hard work that's coming up as soon as they unlock the gates and let you guys go back to work, Coach? Right. Well, first thing I'd like to say is, you know, I appreciate all of you. Um, uh, it's been a pleasure to coach each and every one of you. All 14 of them were extremely hard workers, um, very good players, and even better people off the field. And uh, kind of piggybacking on what Coach Horton said, you know, looking back and looking forward, you know, that's one thing we can really be proud of. And, you know, going forward, you know, they're going to be doing really great things in that next chapter of their life. Well, Coach, we want to say once again, God bless. Thank you so much for the hours, the energy. As coaches, we know 
that you don't just coach when they're on the field. You're coaching them off the field during the season, out of the season. You know, you're the ones getting the phone calls when something doesn't go right. They're the ones who rely on you. And I can promise you, you were, you were a player, I was a player, what it means to have that special coach in their life. And from what I understand, way before this interview happened, some of the best coaches are located in Saluda. Appreciate what you do. And I just want to tell you, stay safe. God bless you. And make sure, if you wouldn't mind, thank everybody for giving us the time to hang out with you guys up there at Saluda High School tonight. Yes, sir. Absolutely. We appreciate you guys having us on. Always a pleasure. All right, guys, there you go. What a great, well, man, an hour and a half of solid high school sports right here, baseball conversation. And we're going to go to break, and why not go to break with a baseball song? And I want to thank everybody at Saluda, of course, uh, for, for letting us be a part of their, their Tuesday night. We take a lot of pride in bringing these athletes in here, bringing these coaches in here, having that opportunity to get to know them. You read about them, you watch them on the films, but do you ever get a chance to hear their voice? Well, Tonight, you got that chance. So, on behalf of all of us at Southern Sports Central, to all of those Saluda graduates in the class of 2020, we say congratulations. You made it. It's been a long journey for some, a little harder, some a little easier. But yet, at the end of the day, guess what? At the end of it all, you're all high school graduates. So, we say congratulations. To the baseball fellas, this song is for you. Enjoy the tunes. We'll be back after this to talk about these interviews and take a few phone calls along the way, guys. We'll be right back. You're listening to Southern Sports Central right here on Blog Talk Radio. Play ball! town ain't small, it's a little of both, they say. Our ball club may be minor league, but at least it's triple A. We sit below the Marlboro Man, above the Rockville walls. We do the wave all by ourselves. Hey, off a blind man could have made that call. We like our beer flat as candy. We like our dogs with mustard and relish. We got a great picture, what's his name? Well, we can't even spell it. We don't worry about the pen as much. We just like to see the boys hit it deep. There's nothing like the view from the cheeks. Boys again, that local band is back in town. They got a kind of minor league sound. They're not that bad, they're not that good. But all in all, it's understood. We want to dance, they want to play. We wouldn't have it any other way. We like our beer, flat as candy. We like our dogs with mustard and relish. We got a great. Well, we can't even spare 
Now the major's called up on what's his name And one more building rises tall And suddenly we're all grown up And this old town's not quite so small But I'll always miss the middle size town In the middle of the middle west With no name pictures, local bands Mustard and relish and all the rest. We like our beer fat and candy. We like our dogs with mustard and relish. We got a great picture, what's his name? Well, we can't even spell We don't worry about the penis much. We just like to see the boys hit it deep. There's nothing like the Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Elman here live on Southern Sports Central. Of course, alongside Eugene Benton, of course, uh, punching the buttons, tweeting it out throughout the show. And I, I can't thank you enough, Eugene, for all that you do. That nobody gets a chance to see. Even though we're on radio, uh, it takes a lot more than just answering the phones and doing the things uh, that you get to hear. But now you get to see it. Follow us on Twitter at SO Sports Central. That's where you can find us on Twitter and on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. Tonight has been a special night because we had a chance to talk to some high school athletes, graduating class of 2020, not only their head coach, their assistant coach, in between, uh, well, the beginning and the end there, to kind of sandwich the interviews there. And it was started uh, by our conversation with uh, a bunch of guys. Of course, Mr. Burt, who is uh, one of the gentlemen who does the broadcast of their Friday night football games. He's also part of that Salute and Now crew. They met. They meet at MIGS, I believe, on Tuesdays. Uh, they're live from three to I think six, uh, somewhere in that area. But it is a great show. I've had a chance to be on there, Eugene. I got to get you on there as well because I tell you, you'll enjoy every bit of it. And then, of course, Mr. Brian. He uh, not only can he uh, do what we do, he also puts together those virtual proms uh, over there as well. And he has been a huge part of uh, getting these athletes, these coaches, and uh, the opportunity to get. The conversation out. They had 14 seniors. Uh, of course, uh, 13 of them will grab their diploma here in a couple of weeks. Uh, the other gentleman, Mr. Drayton, who was part of that uh, very tragic, uh, him and two football players were in a car where uh, he was called home a little bit early. And uh, as you heard, uh, the head coach there speak very highly of him. You heard also uh, the assistant coach. You heard uh, Matthew and, of course, uh, Noah grew up with this kid. They went to daycare together. Um, you know, our hearts and prayers are with the entire community. And uh, because of my days at Somerville, uh, you know, again, I mentioned that we had a young man trip who uh, very similar situation uh, in a car crash, and, and, and God needed him a little more than we did. So it was time for him to go home. And every time that you go to a Somerville football game, you look in the stands and there's his number. You go into the baseball field over Greenway Park, you see his jersey number retired to the right side near the scoreboard. You go into the locker room, there's a locker dedicated to this young man. So it is, uh, it's a hard thing to get over uh, for the coaches. It's really hard. You could not imagine, parents, 
uh, how these coaches can what they go through. Uh, Joe Call, of course, uh, was the head coach of Somerville at the time that that, uh, and I believe that was his interim season coming in. And um, you know, it, it's a tough, tough thing to get through. And our coaches, uh, you know, they mean a lot more to us as athletes than than you could ever imagine in any game. Uh, Eugene, I bring you back in, and, and I do want to thank, uh, you know, the, the skipper, uh, of course, uh, the head baseball coach over there at Saluda for letting us be a part of him and uh, you know, his crew tonight coming on our show, Coach uh, Nate Horton and, of course, uh, Coach Travis Mills. Uh, coach Nate's been there eight years. Coach Travis lived there, grew up there, and has been coaching for seven years. That's almost unheard of as well there, Eugene. What a great group of guys, and uh, what a great way to have a Tuesday night show here. Yeah, you know, those guys have uh, been working together for so long. You just build such a, a great brotherhood. And just like those players talked about, you know, they went to daycare together. They grew up playing rec ball together. You know, and the coach mentioned uh, the kids in the rec league just looking up to all the varsity players. And, you know, you can only take it back, you know, 10 or so years to – when those guys were in the rec league and, and looking up to, you know, the the guys on the varsity team and wanting to be there. And, you know, it sounds like, you know, they tried to make the best of their opportunity. And that was some of the advice they gave out to, you know, those following their footsteps. So it's, you know, never take one, one game or, or one day for granted, never take life for granted because, you know, they lost a teammate, they lost a season, you know, and all these things they prepared for. So, you know, their advice, it just seemed like, you know, was echoed, you know, throughout their whole brotherhood was just, you know, guys, just do the best you can be, be the best you can be, do the best you can do, but never take one one day, never take something for granted because you never know, you know, when it might be your last opportunity to, you know, to, to play the game or, or to, to be there, to, to enjoy life. And, um, you know, it says a lot to the parents and the community uh, because we all know it takes a village. Uh, it says a lot to the coaching staff, you know, and what they demand of their players and what they expect and the culture they've created and it, you know, it just sounds like the the saluted culture, you know, is very tight. It's a very family-oriented community. Um, you know, not having lived there, you know, we just hear from the outside perspective. But, you know, it just sounds like, you know, all of them said, everybody knows who you are. Everybody knows, you know, what you're doing. Everybody knows where you're going. And, you know, they see you in church. They see you in school. And, um, you know, it's just powerful to hear that because, you know, when we live in these larger areas and, you know, we may be associated with one school or, or schools in a certain area. You know, they, they are it. That's their only school. That's their community. And, um, you know, it just, it just really they, – they projected a whole family atmosphere very well. Yeah, they did, and they handled themselves well. You know, to me, that's, that's kind of the big thing for me. It's, it's the how they handled the interviews. And, we're, and I'm going to be honest with you, for this class of 2020 – let me let me tip my cap to the parents, to the grandparents, to the neighborhoods, to whoever taking that moment to to really educate these kids that eye contact, that, that conversation is something that needs to be clear, and, and you need to be able to respond. And, and so far, knock on wood, we've been very blessed with everybody that's come on here. Now, some of them may be a little more nervous than others, but they have done a great, great job at, at coming in here and, and really representing first of all, themselves, but also their schools. And, and this is just another opportunity. And I just, you know, it's just another school. Now, we've talked to Saluda before because when they were going in that run for the state championship, Noah jumped in here with us, Noah Bell, the starting quarterback. Like you mentioned, he mentioned he's going to Wingate to go play football. And he plays baseball. He's both uh, baseball, football, dual, uh, dual athlete, along with, of course, Matthew Herlong, who also 
you know, is an athlete in baseball and football. But, you know, your heart goes out to a guy like Matthew, and I'm not going to, you know, pick on anybody, but you hear his voice when he said, I knew when I got my ring that this was it, that this was my last time of having a moment. And that's why. And that's why I told him, man, look, there's a lot of dudes don't have championship rings. I don't care who you are. Uh, but you can kind of hear it in his voice, and we said that. That's why I created, along with your ideas and my ideas, that's why we, I feel like make a great team on Southern Sports Central, is to bring in these seniors. Because for a lot of these guys, they're, they're not going to play at the next level. So some of these ladies, they're not playing at the next level. So let's give them that moment in the sun. Let's give them that moment. And a lot of them don't have championship rings. So at least, Matthew, I know why it may hurt that you may not play another down. Trust and believe me, you know. You, you've got other things that you can bring to the table. Go, You know, he talked about going to PC and doing some big things, and, you know, and, and that's a big thing to me. That's a big opportunity for him to go out and do some things. But, you know, I thought it was a good idea kind of right off the cuff there, Eugene, about telling these kids, and I'm going to tell all of you baseball players and softball players and, and anybody who plays the game in high school, especially you seniors, Go out this summer once they open up these recreation apartments and go get involved. Go in there and get involved. It's kind of selfish to say this, but I think it's going to be just as good for you as it is for them. Eugene, your thoughts on that? You know, and and one of the things that I found was most rewarding in my life was um, coaching. Because there were, you know, a lot of successes that I've, I've, you know, was able to achieve in my life or, or things that maybe didn't go as well or, or didn't turn out the way I wanted. But coaching just opened up something that I never thought was there. I didn't know it was there. You know, I, I admired my coaches in Little League and in high school and all that stuff, and I thought they were, you know, cool guys, and some of them I thought were, you know, pretty hardcore and, and, and tough or, or had tough love or, you know, come, sometimes were mean. But um, once I got into coaching – and you could see these, these these kids transition to something that you know they show up the first day. They're a little, some of them might be a little nervous, some of them might be a little excited. You know, some of them might be you know very gun ho, and I'm gonna be the best, and I'm gonna be a four or five star recruit, and I'm gonna go to this big college. You know, whatever you know, whatever they come in, um, but you get to see them fail at times. You get to see them succeed at times. Uh, while we're on the air, I was texting one that I, that I trained. Um, who was going through kind of a, a little rough patch with a, with an injury, you know. And, you know, I was just like, look, you know, we'll get through this. You know, do what you got to do. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get it fixed. We'll get it worked on. And, you know, just focus on June. Focus on June because that's when you – that's your time to shine. That's when you start back your national competitions. And, you know, and, and I've seen, you know, bad days, like I said, bad days, you know, where – you're ranked, you know, in the top 20 or, or whatever in the nation. And some days you just have this bad day. And then some days, you right. know, you dominate the whole field out there. And, you know, they come off the field and you just love on them. And you're like, you know what? This is what we train for. You're going to have bad days. You know, it's like, uh, you know, you get punched and it's, it's not you getting punched. It's how you respond. And you just love seeing these guys mature. They come in to, a, you know, to the high school program, you know, in, in the area of football at age 13, 14, and then you get to see them leave at age 17, 18. And the changes they right. go through, the life experiences, the tri- you know, the trials, the successes, and, and that's what makes it – that's what makes being a coach so awesome. That's what makes training kids right. so awesome is just you get to see them, you know, go up this ladder along the way. And sometimes, you know, they might take a step down. 
But, you know, you build them back up and get them to take two steps forward. And, you know, it's, it's, it's such a powerful thing. Right, no doubt about it, man. So all this was put together by one man who I reached out to, and, and, and he helped me out. And I'm going to let him say his first and last name for us because I want to make sure I give his last name the, the correct the way it says. Because being a broadcaster, Brian does broadcasting as well, uh, and, and he knows how important it is to get those last names right. Brian, first of all, on behalf of Eugene and myself, uh, who joins us now over here on the Tent Farm Hotlines, uh, it means a lot that you put in a lot of work, man. I, I reached out to you last week, and – we started working the angles, and of course, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the principal uh, is has got a new baby in house. So congratulations to the new baby tiger that's over there in Saluda. But uh, that being said, man, uh, Brian, kind of give yourself an introduction, brother. I appreciate you more than you know. Oh no, that's okay. I, hey, it was all up to uh, the guys with the baseball team and the coaches that were able to to really hook me up. So I, I appreciate them. But uh, last name is Vacchio. Um, I am one of the school counselors over at the high school, I'm the director of the school counseling office. But then, um, like you were alluding to, I do some work with the sports, um, with the, with, well, with the athletics departments. I do a lot of uh, public address announcing. Um, when, the, when the need is there, I usually will help with <laughs> announcing. But uh, I also do some work on the side for, for USC and the Fireflies. So uh, I thoroughly enjoy the work I do in athletics. Man, so we got a lot to talk about. Eugene, just kind of chime in when you want to, man. You know how we communicate back and forth, because I want to make sure Eugene gets a chance, because uh, the Firefly, for you guys who don't know, that's a minor league program, if I'm not mistaken, right there in the capital city in Columbia. And uh, yes, just up for the Gamecocks. Uh, and, oh, by the way, Brian, don't don't cut yourself short, brother. you got quite the prom season going on in your garage, brother. What's up? Uh, I love it. <laughs> well, I just, uh, <laughs> I just wrapped it up, as a matter of fact. But, yeah, four straight weeks. Uh, um, had about 3,000 listeners over four weeks' time, so that was pretty outstanding. I have to, I have to hand it to my, my social network of, of friends and family and professional acquaintances. They really talked it up for me, and we had some people from all up and down the East Coast out through Texas mm-hmm. and – Arkansas uh, chiming in, wanting requests and making their nights. It was it was pretty awesome. But uh, you know, DJing on the side, you know, again, that's that whole entertainment piece that I I really enjoy doing. You know, it's kind of like what I do as far as mood lighting is concerned, away from the school. But uh, you know, I I have DJed Saluda High School's prom. This was going to be the 13th straight year, and it was scheduled wow. for April 18th. Yeah, it was scheduled for April 18th, and obviously with everything, all this craziness going on, we weren't able to make it happen on that date. But wanted to do something and trying to figure out ways what you know what I could do to, you know, try to strike up something positive out of, out of such an awful situation. So, uh, you know, uh, my son uh, helped me in a in a tremendous way, and. Uh, taught me a little bit about internet streaming and we just uh we created a studio out of my garage i set up all my equipment um everything that i would have brought to the saluda high school prom was on display so i had all the lights i had the music um anything that they probably would have wanted to hear you know the football team comes out the purple haze and all of the lights with uh you know, uh, it's kind of what they do as far as their entrance so i you know made sure i played all that anything having to do with Anything, you know, our theme music, I made sure to play it. And uh, 
seems like everyone had a great time. I had 800 viewers on that evening, and then I had over wow. 1,100 the following week. So, I mean, like I said, it just kind of took off. So it was pretty awesome. Man, I tell you what, everybody in this town, Eugene, seems to wear multiple hats. Uh, you know, of course, we're joined now <laughs> by Brian Vacchio, who's been, you know, the big contributor. i got to give him a lot of love because I put him, you know, with a few challenges. And, and as always, you guys have saluted. You know, this is what he does best. He's kind of like the Batman of the town. You just throw up a sign and he's going to come running. But, uh, <laughs> again, salute his own, you know. I mean, is it kind of neat? Did you grow up there in Saluda? <laughs> no, I uh... – I actually grew up on Long Island, right outside of New York City. Yeah, that's yeah a true I story. I, was, I, I didn't want to say it, but I was like, yeah, I don't know if he's from Saluda. He doesn't sound like it. We've oh, had, with the last Eugene, we've like had what, five or six you guys? Think I'm from Saluda? No. <laughs> There's no way. Well, people, I mean, even when I'm in Lexington or Columbia, it's like, you're not from around here, are you? <laughs> when they say my last name. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I can't say yeah, it. That, that last name threw it for a loop. Yeah, but then they want you, they want me to talk like I'm getting off the subway in Brooklyn, and I was like, hey, I lost that a long time ago because I've been here now since 1988. <laughs> I've been here a long time. <laughs> well, we saw the videos when the buses and the uh, ambulances and, and the police department, the fire department, and everybody was rolling into town after that state championship. Were you DJing that? Because every video yes. I saw, there was, like, music bumping. It was, like, it was live. Yeah, man. It that was, that as, as was absolutely say, it was lit. That was yeah, you. I uh, well, what's the, yeah. So I was I was down at Benedict. Well, I was down at Benedict. Obviously, I was I wanted to watch the game. I had a heck of a time trying to get in with all the traffic there at five o'clock on a Friday. It was pretty awful, but uh, mm. was finally able to get in, and we were already up fourteen nothing. So you know, obviously a great start uh, by our offense, and uh, hung in there. I didn't want to leave too early. I'm all about those superstitious type situations in sports. And I'm like, I'm not leaving until I think we had, you know, when we have it in the bag and it was 39, 14 with just under six minutes left. And I, I just knew I had to hightail it up the road before I got stuck in traffic and I could set up my gear. So uh, I did leave right at that time. The game was over by the time I was jumping on 126 right in Columbia to, to get on the interstate and get up to Saluda. I was ready to go in plenty of time. So, uh, you know, I was kind of getting updates from the cheerleaders on the buses. Hey, this is where we are. And I was like, all right. You know, so I was trying to give updates to our fans and friends and, you know, people in the community wanted to come out and, uh, you know, welcome them back to campus. So uh, just kind of giving them updates. And when they rolled in, yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. You know, the the team jumped out of the bus. We had the community. We had students. It, it was just such an amazing sight, really. And, uh, you know, it's not that hard to find music that's going to get them pumped up. <laughs> so, well, that's what I'm going to say. Championship. championship. <laughs> yeah, what, what that's was right. Your, that's right. What was in your state championship repertoire there? Like, what, what were you like? I can't wait to hit press play. You know, as soon as that bus rolled well, up, what, I mean, what was immediately it? Immediately, it was Queen. We are the champions. I mean, I've never really been able to play that ever before, like where it actually meant something. So, uh, I didn't start <laughs> from the beginning. It was kind of a mix, but then you know, went into big rings and, uh, you know, win, 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 win. I mean, you know, a lot of trap beats and, you know, they're just jumping up and down and um, all I do is win. And <laughs> so it's just, you know, that was, that was about the theme for the evening right there. <laughs> well, anything that had to do with winning, with championships, rings, that, that was about everything I played. <laughs> You know, Brian, the one thing that, that kind of catches me, because you know, Will, 
better than I do. And I'm oh, very yeah. blessed to have Will Porter part of, of what we do. And, of course, you know, yeah. he, he we kind of give him the off season kind of off. And then be it that he's still here in Charleston, he's going to go back to work doing some stuff. But he was set, man. I had him ready to roll for our baseball program. And, you know, I, I know, know there's it. a few guys that he looks up to. And you were one of those guys that he looks up to. And he would tell me, I know more about you than you probably think I do because I would sit here and we would, we would just kind of talk a little bit. And he's just very eager to get into this business. I said, well, if you're looking yeah. to have a lot of fun, you found it. If you're looking to make a lot of money, you're in the wrong place. So they don't go That's together, but it's not about that. It's about the reward of, of getting in, like what we did tonight, man. You, you can't put a price tag on it. But, you know, the thing that, right. that when I think Saluda, his parents would call him before we got on the air a lot of times, and, and, and you can hear okay. them all but praying with him, man. And, and that, to me, is that's Saluda. That, to me, I mean, they would tell him to tell me hi and or, or what have you, and you could just hear the caring and that feeling in that family. And to me, that's something that I hope that, that this COVID thing has kind of gotten us all back together, no matter how big or small our towns yeah. are. We've kind of gone back to being small-town USA as a culture. What's your thoughts on this COVID-19? And I know you do a lot of stuff for the baseball team too, but, you know, how much has it affected you with the Fireflies, of course? And do you think that they stick around with minor leagues now being kind of jeopardized? And kind of give us your recap of, of 2020. This, it was this COVID-19, I guess. Yes, sir. Well, I tell you what, I hadn't really heard anything yet as far as minor league baseball is concerned, uh, getting started back up. I was actually down at Segra Park last week um, just for a few moments, and I, I found a staffer there and just said, well, what are your thoughts? And I said, well, I think we might hear something around early June. So I, I think that something might come out over the next, uh, I guess, maybe three or four weeks. Um, that might be a plan to move forward what, you know, with major league baseball and minor league baseball. I'm hoping because I really I want baseball this year. Um, love what I do with the Fireflies, and you're absolutely right. You don't get into that work to get rich. It's just uh, – but it's something that I thoroughly enjoy. It's almost like my therapy um, up there and, you know, being able to entertain and inform. Um, and in the Fireflies is just such a tremendous environment. And, uh, you know, I know – Obviously, Will is a Saluda High School graduate, um, so, you know, it's cool that he's down there, and, you know, he talks about his experiences when he goes maybe to see the River Dogs, um, <laughs> but like I said, love love the whole minor, I mean, I just love the atmosphere. It's such family-friendly entertainment. Uh, it's, a trim, it's a great value. It's amazing what a family of four or a family of five can get out of an entire night at a minor league baseball park. Um, it's just, and you really can't find that in many places. So, uh, you know, I'm always talking up, you know, you know, if I, if I try to sell the fireflies or I try to sell minor league baseball on people, it's just the value of the entertainment and you're never really going to have a bad time, whether the fireflies win or lose, you know, usually, you know, you're out there and you're having a great time because there's just so many other things to do. And there's so many other things to see. The baseball is almost secondary sometimes, <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah. but you're uh, right. But I, yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know that's that's kind of what I hear though is you know maybe we'll know something here in about you know less than a month. Yeah, we're hoping and praying because I know the River Dogs are you know and Eugene and I actually are, are, have talked about going out and doing some stuff there. We actually uh, we sponsor a lot of their stuff here on the show. They come in and tell us about their nights because you know it's always something going on. I mean we're always trying to break a record, and we're always doing yes something sir different. And it's as much of a circus as it is a baseball game. And, oh, by the way, there's that's, some that's peanuts it. and hot dogs and, and beverages, right? 
That's right. That's exactly right. And um, but what yeah, made, fireflies are a great time. Though, man? What, what was kind of your biggest thing? I know what got me into it, but for a fellow guy that yeah, you do some radio stuff. You do a lot of stuff. And I told Will before, if you ever thought about doing radio, you'd like to do a, a show, man. Hey, we got room. We got some some airtime. We'd love to give it to you, man. But what, what kind of got you yeah. into this field of what we do? Well, I gotta be honest. I, I don't really have much of a radio history. Um, really, uh. Before I got into education, I actually worked in hospitality. So that, that's kind of that was the field where I actually learned how to DJ and to entertain a crowd and uh, you know just kind of control the environment for the evening. And uh, it's something that I thoroughly enjoy doing. Um, but you know, ne- I, I turn 50 years old next week, and you know, as time was moving on, you know, because we're going. 20 years as a DJ and I'm like, am I going to be doing this when I'm 60, 70 years old? And I mean, I enjoy it, but at the same time, I'm also thinking about my age. I'm thinking about some of the venues I'm playing in and that, you know, people are getting consistently younger and a little more intoxicated, a little more entitled. And it's like, you know what, do I really want to deal with these requests all the time? Because it's really just starting to get harder and harder for me to kind of deal with and still find enjoyment out of it so i just said because i'm a i'm just a genuine sports enthusiast i, I love sports uh growing up on long island the yankees were my team uh the jets so the islanders you know they were winning their stanley cups when i was in middle school <laughs> so uh you know like i said a big sports fan been around sports all my life and just on a goof, I went to our baseball coach at the time at Saluda High School. It's Brent Wilder um, was at the time. He is now currently the head football coach over at Swansea High School. But uh, mm-hmm. looked at Brent. I said, Brent, you mind if I start a pet project with you this season? And he's like, sure. What do you, what you? I was like, I think I want to start seeing about maybe being a PA announcer and just kind of seeing how it goes. And it was funny because that was only six years ago, uh, 2013. Uh, was the very first season that I just decided. I was like, hey, I want to try this. And then three years later, I'm working with USC at Founders Park, and I'm working with the Fireflies and, and introducing <laughs> Tim Tebow. It's, just, it's really just crazy how this all kind of panned out for me over the last few years. you get a chance to meet Tim, oh, Mr. Tebow? I did not. I did not want to be I, – I didn't want to be that guy. I mean, I'm right. just, just going to be honest. I just didn't want to be that <laughs> yeah. guy. You know, I had to hunt him down and get his autograph or get a selfie or something like that. I just didn't want to be that. So um, it was just really cool to see him there. It was cool to just to see the crowds that would come to, to see him. Um, you know, you would see on Twitter throughout the game where they were coming from places like Delaware and Pennsylvania just for a home game with the Fireflies. Mm-hmm. It's just it's unbelievable what we were, what we saw for those three months. And uh, it was so funny because we couldn't tell anyone when his last game was, because it was right around the, it was right before the July 4th weekend and uh, his last game before he was moving on to St. Lucie. And we only found out at the last minute because it was supposed to be a big secret. We couldn't tell everyone it was his last game, but I tell you what, by the time that Sunday afternoon game was over and he was leaving for the last time, you you probably, I probably could have conducted therapy <laughs> for the crowd because it was just, <laughs> it was such a different feeling at Spirit Communications Park after he left than, than the three months we had with him. So it was, it was pretty tough to, you know, come, you know, obviously we had the Eclipse game that year, so it was the same exact season. So, you know, that was that was pretty outstanding. But yeah, I, I don't think anything's ever going to match Tebow being here for for three months. 
Well, well, I can tell you, man, the experiences you've had, and I'd like to get you back in here because uh, I enjoy it. I just, uh, you know, with the hours that, that, that are lasting through the day, I know some of us have more time than others, but, you know, I'll catch up <laughs> with you off the air. But I, I, I want to say, again, thank you so much for putting all these guys together and, and having a chance to, to highlight a season that could have been, that might have been, that we thought it was going to be oh, yeah. for the Saluted Tigers. I mean, these guys, 14 seniors, you know, and I'm including That's everybody, right? right? That, that, That's right. that, that yes, deserves sir. to be a standing ovation for. And uh, I just yeah. want to give you one as well. And, uh, hey, man, you're an, you're, an official, um, you're an official partner with Southern Sports Central, man. So anytime you got time, make time, want to come on, love to have you in here, Brian. All right, Richie. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for allowing me to call in. I, I appreciate you taking care of my guys today. That was, it was great. I, I'm, I know they enjoyed it. Well, um, I guess Migs is where we're all going to meet up and go eat. I know uh, that's, that's kind of <laughs> that's that's right. that Eugene Migs. We'll catch up with Bert. we'll catch up with Burton over there, Bulldog Burton. <laughs> Bulldog Burton. <laughs> I love that guy, man. I tell you, you talk to him. I feel like I've been on like a, and I mean this with all honesty because I love Bert is awesome. But I swear I feel like yeah. I'm talking to Bulldog like like on Big Badgers, man. I'm like, this is I great. Absolutely understand. <laughs> I get it. I completely get it. First class. He man. texted me. He texted me in the middle of one of my proms a couple of Saturdays ago. He texted me. He's like, "Hey, you got to play Who Let the Dogs Out for Bulldog Bert." And I was like, "Oh, are you really gonna make me do that?" <laughs> and you did it. Oh, I did. I did. Oh, I did him. Hey, he's 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 a great guy. I got you know he does a lot of things to keep this community going too. So take him. Um, Want to hook him up a little bit? That's all right. <laughs> Yeah, well, come to Charleston, hook up, uh, hook up with, uh, of course, me and Eugene. Eugene will feed you, and I'll entertain you. We'll have a good time, and we'll get out and about, and, and we'll show you the other side of Charleston, man. It'd be a good time. But uh, God bless you, and, and we look forward to catching up with you here shortly, buddy. Well, I appreciate the time. Thank you all this evening. Have, have a good one. I'll talk to you soon. You got it, buddy. There you go. Eugene, I'm telling you, man, that what we do is that we get to meet so many great guys. Brian Vacchio, of course, says, uh, he's a school counselor over there at Saluda. He's a uh, Firefly uh, PA guy. He's a USC PA guy. He's a Saluda High PA guy. He does proms. He does, I mean, the guy's like working out of his car with like 20 different jobs, man. What a great guy. And, of course, uh, you know, and, and they say people from up north aren't nice. Who knew? Look at this guy. Eugene? You know, yeah, definitely. You know, it, it's so funny because he's like, you know, people, even in Columbia, which he considers, you know, the quote-unquote big city around there, uh, you know, yeah. they're like, you're not from around here. And, uh, no, nah, but he, he's cool. He gets it, you know, in the small town, small, smaller, as we call it, the smaller picture and the big picture thing. And, you know, yeah. the smaller picture is basically his arena. But the big picture is, you know, who he does it for. And that was that was cool to hear. And uh, you know, did he sound 50 years old to you? Because he did not to me. He's not. He doesn't like sound 50. He doesn't look 50. Yeah, he's down no, in the 20s. So he's like must, he was in his 20s. So the Fountain of Youth must be sitting in Saluda. Is that what it is in South Carolina? That our Fountain of Youth is in Saluda? I got a feeling. They, I, well, they don't, I don't know, man. How does this work? I, I know I'm on a food kick here, and I'm not hungry or anything. So, so <laughs> you said that earlier. I was like, what? Liar. Hungry? But, <laughs> but, but how did nobody, nobody mention barbecue? It's Saluda. That's like going I, I to, to Texas and we then not taking it to a steakhouse. We brought that up. We brought up barbecue, you know, and, uh, and you know, Herlong said his dad specializes in the, the catfish stew, which I'm down with too. But you know, no one, no one brought up barbecue. Yeah, I don't know, man. You know, we had we're... Japanese food. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. No, it was like, yeah, we're gonna go eat the Japanese joint. No, dude, we're not. I mean, I will, 
And I'm definitely not eating there. That's sacred. You can't go into a huddle house and eat Japanese. What is that? That's no, a no-go. We're going to have to look up this, uh, what is it called, figs, migs? We're going to have to look up this mix joint. Yeah, so you, you, we're gonna have to I, I'm going to connect you to Bulldog. I'm going to get you to Bulldog Burt, and, and I want you to hear Bulldog Burt, and he is awesome. I mean, he really is awesome. I, I went on the show a couple times, but the last time he had me on for a good while, we talked about different things, but uh, he does a great job. He's the guy that does Saluda now, and um, you got to be careful, though, because I was watching Saluda now, and one time I thought there was a, a tornado dropping down somewhere, but it was in Mississippi. <laughs> so I was trying to figure that part out. I was like, okay, okay I'm confused. But you just, I, I don't know. He's a big bulldog guy, Georgia bulldog, by the way. That's where the bulldog bird comes in because they're tigers in Saluda. But uh, he does a great job. He's also a pastor. Many of his own church, bulldog bird's a pastor. So uh, he's a five-star guy on and off the air, and he just loves those a, kids, man. If he's a bulldog guy, maybe that's his version <laughs> of the varsity. On, on on a smaller level or something, I don't know, man. It we'll, is. Have find, we'll have to figure well, that see, out. So so let me ask you this, because we are get about three minutes before we get off the air, so no need to get into a hot topic. We'll save that for Thursday night, um, because there is, by the way, Calvin Carter did just put this out on Twitter uh, for all of you uh, social media gurus. Said that <clears throat> told by two people, USC versus Alabama isn't happening. Trojans can't even practice in LA. Potential for several months. This is why Bama already talking to other possible opponents, no official, but understood, feeling now that Pac-12 football in spring much more likely. So I'm going to retweet that, of course. Uh, we'll, we'll put that out there and, and, of course, see if it gets any legs. But um, back to the other stuff here as we wrap up our show here. If you had to go, is it Moxie? Do you, you kind of feel like Moxie would be Noah? I mean, he had. they all had that. That varsity blues Friday night light sound, <laughs> that, that little twang, well, right? I love it. Quarterback and starting pitcher, what does that tell you? <laughs> give me the yeah, dang ball. And, uh, so, yeah, 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 yeah he, he presented it. Yeah, give me – yeah, yeah, I added it for radio. But, yes, give me the dang ball. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah. You know, what I, about – what I about? Before, I wonder if they have a pork so. chop on the team. Huh? You know, I was wondering about that. I was wondering about the uh, Herlong there who was a uh, defensive end. And uh, yeah. you know, uh, you know, I was kind of, I was kind of disappointed. Though, I mean, you know, you're not going to another football practice. He can't come around the end and and smack you in practice. Pop, but you know, I, I guess they're boys, so you know, he had to, he had to yeah. uh, keep what he had to say in. So it is what it but is. But nobody, I don't threw, blame him. We threw everybody a line, and not one of those guys. Man, let me tell you, they're much better guys than you and me. Trust and believe it's like that, mafioso. Because you would have brought that to me. You said, "What about Eugene?" I would have let you guys have it. I would have told you anything and everything, and then Eugene would have been mad at me until Thursday about 6 o'clock. But it would have been okay because by 6 o'clock we'd have been back to normal. But, you know, but even oh, in my football are. or baseball days, man, I would have laid out some of my guys. I had no problem. Dude, look, check it out. Here's what he does. You know, I mean, it's just not them, man. They're good, they, they, are, they are what you would think of in a small-town USA, man. They, they love one another. They pray together. They play together. They do it all. And I said it to the coach, man, you know, in a small town like that, it's still the real thing of going to work together, to going to games together, to going to church together. It doesn't stop. They just don't go to the huddle house together because the huddle house is closed. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like I said, it's almost like a mafioso-type brotherhood. You know, Maybe, Perhaps we should have asked them if they, if they cut their hands and kissed each other's rings, you know, because those boys are tight, man. There's no breaking those bonds. Man. Definitely. God, it was, it, what a great job. And I do want to thank everybody. I know – of course, uh, it feels like forever that Reginald, you know, joined us at 6:30. Uh, 
but, uh, you know, and that's what I love about this show. I've talked to a lot of coaches, and, and we've got a lot of uh, a lot of thumbs up and a lot of inboxing and, and things like that, thanking us for what we do. But, you know, honestly, it, it's the interviews that we get that, that are all the thank yous that we need because hearing these young men and women that come on, we've had every sport under the sun. And, matter of fact, I think, you know, we're, we're, we're fortunate enough. You know, we've had golf, we've had lacrosse, we've had soccer, baseball, softball, football, of course. You know, we, we're working on some swimmers, if we can get a swimmer or two in here to kind of capitalize on everything. But I want to say thank you. Thank you guys for giving us, you know, an opportunity to get into your schools. Again, Sunday we're, we're hoping to get over to Goose Creek and talk to their principal, their athletic director, a couple of coaches, and a few players. Uh, and this just gives us a chance to give these principals a voice, give these coaches, athletic directors a voice, to speak to their athletes, to put their schools on the front lines, because they are putting a lot of work into it. On behalf of all of us at Southern Sports Central, I want to thank the teachers for what you're doing. God knows. I, I know that, that you wanted a lot of me and tell me my kids are good. They're not. I'm talking about my per- my own four. I mean, our three that are still in school, man, they're just bad. They're real bad. But we're going to get through it together. And, um, no, nah, they're all good kids. But, honestly, what you guys do – is amazing, and I hope that the school board gives each and every one of you a raise. And if I can do anything here on Southern Sports Central, I'll do it. But uh, that'll do it for tonight's show, Eugene. Take care, God bless. We'll talk off the air, but we'll see each other back here on the air Thursday night at six o'clock, buddy. All right, man. Love you. There you go, guys. So on behalf of all of us at Southern Sports Central, we say God bless. Take care. We want to say a thank you very much to Gurns Pharmacy for what they do, Simmons Barbershop, the factory sports and fitness training studios, and, of course, the Tent Farm. Thanks again, guys, for your support. We look forward to supporting you. And don't forget, stay safe, stay smart, and stay distance. We'll see you again Thursday night right here at 6 o'clock. But then I know it's growing strong. Wasn't the spring. And spring became the summer Who'd have believed you'd come along Hands Touching hands Reaching out Touching me Touching